News Talk 830 WEEU, Reading. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. Nearly 900 flights have already been canceled in the U.S. today, one day after weather forced the cancellation of more than 2,000 flights. The winter weather is having a sweeping impact across the country, creating dangerous conditions in areas like Washington for people who have nowhere to go, like David Dodds. During the cold snaps and whatnot, uh, maybe that would be time to make uh, a new friend or two. Um, you know, uh, two warm uh, bodies under the same blanket uh, can go a long way. Right now, six states are reporting more than 10,000 power outages. Tonight's NFL playoff game in Kansas City could be one of the coldest in history with a wind chill of negative 23. The weather having a major impact ahead of Monday's Iowa caucuses. This morning, severe winter weather slamming the Hawkeye State as Iowans prepare to caucus Monday. Temperatures expected to dip well below zero. This may be the coldest caucus on record. I still think with the number of campaigns and what they've been doing, we're going to have tremendous turnout. M. Wynn, ABC News, Des Moines, Iowa. The U.S. carried out another strike on a Houthi target in Yemen. Houthis have been attacking commercial ships in the Red Sea, and Lieutenant General Douglas Sims of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said earlier Friday of the first round of strikes Thursday that hit more than 60 targets. I would hope that they don't retaliate, but we're prepared in the event that they do. President Biden also said he still has confidence in Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, even after the secretary did not inform the White House of his hospitalization. Polls are closed in Taiwan. So far, the candidate from the ruling Progressive Party is leading in the race for the presidency. That's according to local media reports. There could be global ramifications for the island China claims as its own, as the Beijing government opposes that party's candidate. You're listening to ABC News. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi, Rizinkism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzi, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1 866 SkyRizzy to learn more. The federal government is approaching a partial shutdown Friday. Uh, with one week to go, Speaker Mike Johnson announced he would move forward with the $1.6 trillion top line agreement he had secured with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. After weeks of hard fought negotiations, we achieved a strong top-line agreement that allows our Appropriations Committee and, and all those who work on this to complete the appropriations process. It's an important part of keeping the government running. House conservatives have, had urged the speaker to back out of the deal. The prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, who's overseeing the election interference case against Donald Trump and several co-defendants, is now facing allegations of an improper relationship with a member of her team. It's alleged in court documents by one of Donald Trump's Georgia co-defendants that prosecutor Fonnie Willis has been in a personal relationship with an attorney she hired to join the racketeering case. 
The allegation is that man, Nathan Wade, has been paid $650,000 by the DA's office and that he's used the money to go on lavish vacations with Willis. Now, House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan wants to investigate. He has particular questions about trips Wade is believed to have taken to D.C. It's specifically alleged Wade billed for meetings that he had with lawyers in the Biden White House, and Jordan wants to know why. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Crews in northern Idaho recovered the body of a man killed in an avalanche Thursday. He had been skiing in the backcountry with two other men. They were rescued. I'm Brian Clark, ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here's the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny, windy, mild. We do have a wind advisory today. Still could see some river and creek flooding. High today, 50, but those temperatures sliding into the upper 30s. Partly cloudy, windy tonight and a low 31. Partly sunny, windy. Snow showers tomorrow morning, a high 38. Cloudy skies on Monday, the high at 31. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. News Talk 830 WEEU. Reading. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Hey, if you want to speak to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Villani, do you want to do this? No. Don't, don't mimic me. Don't I'm mock me. <laughs> I'm not mocking you. I'm just having fun. Just moving our lips along with me. <laughs> Am I that predictable? I'm going to call you guys the Bickersons. The Bickersons. <laughs> You can call from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and download that right now. It's a free download. Then you can ask your questions right from the app as well as listen to the show and even uh, browse our deep resources. It's a, it's a fun app, and it's it free. It is a fun app. Make room for it on your phone because I know everybody's asking you to download their app right now. This is one of those apps you want to have, especially if there's a recall on foods. You want to know first, especially if you're feeding your animal that food. This is the only app you're going to ever need. Look at her. Her lips didn't even move when she said that. <laughs> Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, one state in the whole country is going to lead the way on this one issue. And making it illegal to do an elective procedure on your pets, um, cats specifically. So uh -huh. think about that, and we'll tell you what it is and where it's happening coming up. And if you're a longtime listener of this show, you already know what it is. <laughs> so uh, let's go to the phones. Hey, Walter, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, where are you calling from today? Barbersville, West Virginia. Barbersville, West Virginia. I can't say that I've ever been there. Is it nice? It's pretty nice, yes. Oh, okay, so you got animals. What kind of animals do you have? Well, I have a, a one-and-a-half-year-old spayed female cat. And what's going on with her? Well, she always wants to go over to my neighbor's yard where because he feeds the birds, so there are always birds flitting around there. Mm-hmm. And I've chased her away. My neighbors chased her away. Even two cats chased her away, but she still insists on going back, and I'd like to find out if there's some way I can keep her from going over there. What do you think, Doc? Well, you know what? There definitely is, and it's called a door. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, keeping kitties indoors would probably be the, the, the simplest thing I could offer you on that. Um, and I'm being a little joking here because I know some cats and some f- folks are used to that outdoor lifestyle. Um, but you know, the truth is there's birds there. They're, that's like real live cat TV, but in, in, in the flesh. So that's very exciting. There's probably not going to be a lot you can do to unmotivate her to go over there. There, there are some things depending on your property and also, honestly, how much you, effort you want to put into deterring her uh-huh. um, that you can try utilizing. And, and if your property does so allow um, actual fencing, so if you have either a block wall or fencing around the area, actually you can get um, additions to the wall. Um, basically, they call it cat fencing. And it kind of curves back towards your property and has different variety of types of uh, gate material or um, wire that you put up there. And that helps to keep them in the property. And that works great if you've got the kind of uh, area where you can fence everything in fully. Well, I do, um, I do have a cat fence in the back, um, but it's a small yard. And uh, she, she just is unsatisfied by just being able to go out into the small yard. So she comes in the house and starts begging me to let her out. <laughs> you know? Oh, and there I, you I, go. So, like so the cat fence I, works, but you're you're letting her through the fence. Yeah, yeah, because she's just unhappy, you know, in this small space that I gave her. Yeah. Well, the, the other things that we do um, recommend for cat owners that still allow them to get a taste of the outdoors without necessarily harming wildlife or, you know, encroaching on neighbors' property is building cat enclosures, basically like a cat patio that can be fenced in. You can have um, little window seats there. Um, some people put bird feeders outside so that they can attract the wildlife so that kitty can watch and see but not um, attack. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, that would be something to, to look into building as well. You know, some of the other deterrents, you know, there's, there's things that you can put out that are granules to deter cats or wildlife. You know, I find those don't really make a hill of a difference um, in ah. these situations. There are some um, motion-activated deterrents, which could be difficult in a large property um, unless we're just trying to stay away from a particular zone. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, you know, activated with either um, spritzing water or giving off uh, puffs of air. Um, but, but again, those I, I usually use more for the individual cat owner when they're trying to keep, say, a stray away from their house or from their entrance to their home. Yeah. There are, for dogs, we do use um, the uh, invisible fencing, you know, where the, the dog wears a collar. Um, you put uh, barrier fencing beneath the ground, and it emits an electrical signal when yeah. they cross that threshold. For dogs, that can work really well. Cats, it can be a real disaster, very honestly, um, because they it, it can get really freaked out by the electronic correction, and it can actually be counterproductive. Um, so it doesn't always really work with cats. I have known of some folks that will use a product like that that is a accompanied with a citronella dispensing collar, and that is a uh, type of a collar that emits that kind of like that citronella candle, the, the mosquito uh, candle smell. Um, so that might be something if you had um, a distributor in your area or someone who could set that up that you might be able to use that in a little more cat-friendly manner. I th- in other um, words, it's an invisible fence that somehow activates the collar to uh, emit the citronella? 
Yes. So there's generally there's a, an outer barrier, and it has to be installed by the company. So but they generally have had clients very happy with the service on um, these type of products. And there's a initial interior zone that when they get to that, they get, say, like an audible tone saying, hey, you're, you're treading in bad wow. territory. If they continue further, at least the dog formula, it's an electronic um, correction they get on their collar. I um, but yeah, if you can get one with a citronella, I would probably lean towards that with a cat. I, I, I don't, I don't think the other form is going to do well for you. Okay, let me now. If I was to try to keep her in the house, you mm -hmm. would need something to keep her busy for hours. And I oh, see sure. these various toys, like little tracks with balls going around. Is there anything that you can suggest that would really keep the cat occupied for a long time? You know, the problem with cats is they get bored within five minutes. So it's not just one thing. Uh, you need to have a whole smorgasbord of entertainment for cats. So that's why window seats, the, the kitty enclosures that give you a little bit of the outdoors in, those are very important, especially for a cat that is accustomed to going outside. Uh -huh. um, a lot of perching sites, um, but the interactive toys where there's like a moving mouse or a laser um, thing that's moving, those are all really wonderful for cats that are used to a lot of prey, um, they're doing a lot of hunting. That's going to be very important. And then there's food dispensing toys as well for cats. So there's different types of little cubes that they can push around. You can put cat food or treats in there and really make the indoors more um, stimulating for them. Okay. But yeah, All you got to be ready. You, you're going to have to be like a one-man show. You're going to have to like say, oh, look at this cat toy, and then pull out another one ten minutes later, and oh, look oh, at yeah. this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Walter. Well, good well, good luck you. with that, Walter. Thank you, doctor. Well, coming up, a couple in England gets a puppy for Christmas, but this puppy is a first ever in the history of the world to be this way. You got me. I'm sticking around for that. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll tell really. you, when Lori rolls out a tease, it just... <laughs> It, it's a head scratcher. We're not messing around here. It's uh, So that's on the way. I just a few minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. I wouldn't tell you if I didn't think it was amazing. On the way, just after <laughs> Lori Brooks, the dog food dude, Rick Woodford, will be joining us. He's back for his second appearance. I think we spoke to him like, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, it's, it's been, been quite a few years. It's been a few years. Mm -hmm. And he says you should share your food with your animals, is what he says, or your dogs in particular. But he wants to tell you which foods to share. So don't go willy-nilly sharing it. Pizza and burgers and Big Macs and all like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. So he's on the way in just a couple of minutes. Save those for yourself. I swear, you guys are in your studio, and you said food, and Gordy stopped his raucous licking. Did <laughs> <laughs> look up. Did someone say food? Hi, it's Alan Cable. Here's a dog tip for you. You're at a dog park. You don't like letting your dog off the leash. You're not certain if your dog will obey you when you call him. But what the heck? You feel bad. You want him to run free. So you let him go. Everything's going great till this one dog shows up and your dog takes off. You try calling him, but he pays no attention to you. Now think about it. What's your next step? Is it frustration? Yelling? Do you walk towards the dog? Mad? Body all tense? Already knowing as soon as you get close, he's going to run away? The only thing you can think of is you got to get him by that collar. Okay, let's stop and look at this. Your dog's not not listening he doesn't respect you dogs respond when you're secure and confident calm when you act like a pack leader now providing your dog already understands what it means when you say come if you can approach him calmly and put him in the submissive position below you give him a correction right then and there bad dog put him on a leash great 
But if you can't catch him, <laughs> well, the odds are you're going to be frustrated. you got to fight that. Now, you probably shouldn't have let your dog off the leash because you knew to begin with he wouldn't listen to you. He wouldn't come when you called, but you did. So the point is, what do you do? What's your response? Turn the opposite way and start walking. Now, some dogs are not going to pay any attention and not care that you're gone. But most dogs are going to notice because you're walking away from them, the pack. You're giving them no attention, nothing. So what do you do when your dog does approach? Reprimand them for not listening the first time? Heck no. Every time your dog comes to you without being called and is close to you, praise him. Good boy. Because if you reprimand him when he comes to you, he's never going to want to come to you. He's going to associate it with unpleasantness. Well, every time I go over there, I get yelled at. Instead of every time I'm near that other dog, well, I get some attention. You correct them when they're doing what you don't want. You praise them when they're doing what you do want. And when they're calm, just laying there, that's when you give them attention. When they're jumping around like freaks before a walk or when you just come home, pay no attention to them. Till they mellow out. You can even say that. Mellow out. When he gives you that, you praise him. Teaching your dog to be mellow and calm, that's the way to go. That's when you give attention. Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Three must-do updates for your pet in January. Number one identification. There are a variety of wonderful options to help us reunite with our lost pets, from electronic tags to microchipping and dog tags. But none of this is any good if you haven't updated the information associated with them. So update the information and make sure that you know how to use your identification selection. Number two, upgrade and update their collars and leashes. Take a look at the effect that so much dirt, fun, wear and tear can have on their collars and leashes and decide if it's time to upgrade. Number three, Look at your water and feeding bowls and realize that keeping them clean and free of harmful bacteria is essential to your pet's health. We love our pets and want them to be safe and sound. So check their identification information, update their collars and leashes, and for everybody's health sake, get some new bowls. Share your must-do update on our Animal Radio Facebook page. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Do you hear that? Asthma triggers are everywhere, from dust mites, pet dander, and pollen, to smog and smoke. An asthma attack can strike anywhere, anytime. Be prepared with quick-acting Primatine Mist, clinically proven to open airways quickly. It's the number one FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. Primatine Mist. Breathe easy again. Use as directed. Is your phone plan messing with your savings plan? Don't get stuck paying for things you don't want. With Verizon, you only pay for what you need. And for a limited time, when you bring your own phones to a Verizon store, you'll get an amazing price on your plan. 
Plus, you'll save on things you actually love, like the Netflix and Max with Ads Bundle. And it's on our award-winning 5G network. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today for an incredible deal. A better plan to save is Verizon. Additional terms and conditions apply. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Apply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Tired of the 9 to 5 grind? Looking for something different that's flexible, fulfilling, and pays well? How'd you like to get paid to work out? Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. And once you get ISSA certified, they guarantee you'll get a job. Trainers can make as much as $200 an hour. Yes, I said $200 an hour. And with ISSA, you can be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Pursue your passion in specializations like yoga, nutrition, or strength training. Live life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want. Start your own business, work at a gym, or make health and fitness your side hustle. Whatever works for you. Just don't wait. Get started today and be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 right now to get started for free. Text the word Bench to 323232. Text Bench to 323232. Keep your resolution to get rid of things you don't need anymore that deserving people in our community can use with Donation Day at the Opportunity House Op Shop on Saturday, January 20th. From lightly used furniture, housewares, small appliances, and gently worn clothing, your giving will help dozens of families get a fresh start after being homeless. Let go of things you don't need knowing they'll help our neighbors. Donation Day, January 20th, 10 to 6 p.m. at the Op Shop at 3045 5th Street Highway in Muhlenberg Township. Looking for fresh meats and produce, a quick meal on the go, unique handmade gifts, or just looking to meet a friend for breakfast? Look no further than Shillington Farmer's Market, with over 25 local vendors who love to serve their community. Visit ShillingtonFarmersMarket.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook for weekly specials, events, and more. Shillington Farmer's Market, big enough to serve you, small enough to know you. Open Thursday through Saturday at 10 South Summit Avenue, Shillington. Your WEEU Greater Berks Region Allergy, Air Quality, and Health Report still drying out from all that rain earlier in the week on Tuesday. That has led to mold spores from standing water and mud and melted snow. No rest for the weary. It looks like another good dose of rain coming Friday night into early Saturday. That'll put us back to the same situation we had earlier in the week with elevated levels of mold spores for a few days until that dries out. Some cold winds are coming next week, so that should help dry out the ground. Otherwise, decent air quality on Monsoon Mike. You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Hey, Rossi, where are you calling from today? Uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh, just down the street. So, yeah. 
listening on KVEC. How can we help you today? Well, I've got a 19-pound uh, Patterdale Terrier, wow. eight years old, okay. and uh, he started developing sores between his toes, and now they've kind of spread to his pads and his uh, toenails. On all of his toes, or just the front versus the rear? Uh, it's pretty universal. It's, it's front and back. Um, I've tried uh, antibiotics, and it worked until I ran out of antibiotics. And it came back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's a long treatment for antibiotics that we can do, or some okay. kind of. I've what tried did soak. you tried? What? So I, I tried soaking them in different solutions and hypoallergenic okay. baths and stuff like that. Okay. And then what did your did your veterinarian um, do? Any kind of test? Take any sample from the area? Uh, they said that they it's hard to get it from the area because in between the toes it's really sore and healing is, is tough and uh, so no they haven't done that they did suggest that but it was close to a thousand dollars and the antibiotics did work just mm -hmm. not you know once once they were over it, it came back yeah unfortunately we can't really say that you know the antibiotics are going to be the solution to this problem because there's a lot of times with foot problems where we'll get secondary infection so uh -huh. what you're describing isn't unusual so some of those tests you know we may need to prioritize what works within a budget because it is going to be very important to figure out what kind of thing could be going on because there's several different things that really come to mind and, and we can get bacterial infections there can be mites we can get funguses and then things like allergies and immune system problems so there's a lot of different things that can play a role I will right. tell you that when I have dogs that have what we call interdigital dermatitis, so sores between the toes, uh -huh. they are among the most frustrating and the most chronic in nature if we don't get an accurate diagnosis from the get-go. So there are, it's not unheard of for my clients to come in and they may come in and treat something like this, run the course of antibiotics, and then in three weeks they come back. Um, because if we stop the course and don't do a follow-up or don't follow those uh, recommendations, it, it will often keep kind of coming and going, coming and going. So that right. initial investment in testing is painful, but <laughs> I can tell you it's going to be well worth it in the long run. Well, um, and after the testing, uh, you know, what, what's the typical treatment after that? More antibiotics or...? Well, it depends. So I'm just going to kind of zone into one particular diagnosis that um, can be a problem. And you said your doggy was a terrier or Patterdale? Okay. Yeah. So they commonly can have a lot of different allergy-driven problems, which means okay. that we can get secondary things on top of that. We can get mites. We can get fungus. We can get bacterial infections secondary to that. So uh -huh. sometimes it means we have to look into allergy testing or treatments for allergies. Um, gotcha. But if we're dealing with, say, just a garden variety antibiotic responsive problem we might need to treat for four to six weeks or more of continuous antibiotics so this right. is where when you talk about that how does your veterinarian know if an antibiotic is going to work and if that four to six week of investment of antibiotics is worth it and that's where I'm going back to that initial test getting a sample culture or at least doing something we call cytology to look to see if we see bacteria there that will be uh -huh. um, uh -huh. picking a category of antibiotic that would be appropriate so that's that's why I'm telling you that little bit of investment can really help because I do gotcha. see commonly 
um, too short of a course of antibiotic, um, or people think that the outer part of the foot looks better when it really isn't deep down. And, right. um, you know, we do need to continue that course longer and longer. Um, so, that makes sense. Yeah. So I know nobody likes to hear that, you know, vets tests are, you know, <laughs> you got to spend the money. But it really can make a big difference. Um, and then as far as, like, things with the feet, I do like doing soaks. Um, and I'm there's all sorts of different ways you can go. You can go with the um, antibacterial soaks. The cheapest thing you can do is Epsom salts. Right. And using that for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes twice a day um, can help with a lot of different things. So that's something, you know, inexpensive you can do at home to kind of supplement and help things along. Okay. Yeah, the antibiotics seem, seem to work. Uh, visually, it cleared everything up on the outside. And then after the, the course was done, it, it came back within a week or so. Yeah. And how long was the course? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks, yep, yep. So that, that I would say, in my opinion, I would definitely have treated it a lot longer. So, so you know, I would uh, you know give your veterinarian another call and let them know that it has reoccurred and they may advise just a longer course. Um, but otherwise, they may tell you we got to do a little investigation. Yeah, I've heard up to two months. Um, but I appreciate the call. I just wanted to see if uh, you know they were leading me down the right path or or, or not. Yep. Sounds like they, they've got your pet's toes at heart and <laughs> their best interests at heart. <laughs> All right. I appreciate the call. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks, Rossi, for calling Dr. Debbie. And by the way, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier or a Shih Tzu, a Pug or a Mini Schnauzer, Dr. Debbie's written a book called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, one for each of those breeds. And you can get them over at Amazon. They're Kindle books and more information about those books and links over at AnimalRadio.com. <laughs> Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Guests at a Missouri restaurant complained when one of the patrons was monkeying around. Well, mostly because he's an actual monkey. Debbie Rose of Springfield says Richard, her monkey, gives her the emotional support she needs to overcome an anxiety disorder. Without Richard, she wouldn't feel comfortable enough to go out in public, shop for groceries, or eat in a restaurant. The local health department determined that Richard wasn't a service animal because he wasn't trained to do a specific task. But a representative from the Justice Department in Washington said a case could be made for the emotional support that Richard the monkey gives his owner. Until they sort it out, sounds like Debbie and Richard may have to hit the drive-thru. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Honey, can you turn up the thermostat? I did turn it up. Well, what's wrong with it? I'm freezing. Can I be of service? When winter weather strikes, when your furnace is struggling, and your thermostat can do nothing about it, one man will be by your side, fighting for truth, justice, and glorious heat in every room. What's the meaning of this? I'm the H.L. Bowman. Bowman. I, I know. You have your own choir, apparently. Well, did you know that the furnace technicians at H.L. Bowman can repair your underperforming furnace so it finally delivers what your thermostat tells it to do? So it's not the thermostat's fault? No, ma'am. Hey, Bowman, can I keep this cool arrow? Yes, sir. The H.L. Bowman Bowman. Visit hlbowman.com. 
Are you considering retirement? Not sure if you can afford to take the leap? Chester Perfetto Insurance Agency can help. We offer no-cost consultations to review your financial plan and offer recommendations that will help you decide the right time to retire and how to extend your income for years to come. We are the experts for your financial, health insurance, and Medicare insurance needs. Contact us today, 610-678-0373. Are you feeling hungry? Then come to Why I'm Missing Bakery and Restaurant for breakfast or lunch. The best bakery and buffet in Berks County. With fresh fried chicken to homemade donuts, they got you covered. And you can even order off the menu. Everything is fresh, never frozen, and always homemade from scratch. The Why I'm Missing Restaurant and Bakery is open daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. For the full menu and specials, go to whyamissingrestaurantandbakery.com. Get your feast on today, located at 1245 Penn Avenue in Why I'm Missing. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here's the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny, windy, mild. We do have a wind advisory today. Still could see some river and creek flooding. High today, 50, but those temperatures sliding into the upper 30s. Partly cloudy, windy tonight and a low 31. Partly sunny, windy. Snow showers tomorrow morning, the high 38. Cloudy skies on Monday, the high at 31. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Your source for local news, traffic, and weather. News Talk 830, WEEU, Reading. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope, and they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Start learning a new language today. Go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild, wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org. Feeling trapped with that old phone? Don't. Getting a new phone is easy. 
Come into Verizon and get one of our best phones on us with Select Trade-In on Unlimited Ultimate Plan and get a plan that helps you save by only paying for what you need. Act now and get a brand new phone at your Verizon store today. $999.99 device payment or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on Unlimited Ultimate Plan required. Less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR. Trading conditions apply. Do you hear that? Asthma triggers are everywhere, from dust mites, pet dander, and pollen, to smog and smoke. An asthma attack can strike anywhere, anytime. Be prepared with quick-acting Primatine Mist, clinically proven to open airways quickly. It's the number one FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. Primatine Mist. Breathe easy again. Use as directed. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. If Linda Rosenthal has her way, New York will be the first state to make it illegal to declaw a cat. The Manhattan Assemblywoman has introduced a bill to ban the controversial procedure, sometimes called denuckling, because it's actually the entire knuckle, the last bone in the cat's toe that's taken off. The proposal to ban declawing in New York has really ignited some intense debate, too. While most veterinarians say that declawing should be a last resort, the New York State Veterinary Medical Society argues that cat owners have the right to decide what's best for their cat. Declawing or denuckling cats is already, by the way, banned in many countries, including Australia, India, Spain, and the United Kingdom, as well as seven other cities in California, including Los Angeles and San Francisco. A couple in England has a brand new puppy. His name is Chance, and he is a history-making pup, having been created from the DNA of a dog who has been deceased for nearly two weeks. Now, previously, cloned dogs were created with the samples taken from living or very recently deceased dogs. But this is the first time the procedure, which, by the way, cost about $100,000, has succeeded with a sample from a dog who had passed on 12 days earlier. In fact, the couple told a London newspaper they still have their father dog in their freezer while they finish the garden where they plan to bury him. Well, we all know what it's like when our friends and family members go away, you know, on a long trip and leave us behind and we anxiously await their return. But it's like they say, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And that's exactly how Jasper the cat reacted to seeing his dog, Bao Z, after 10 days of being apart. The black cat could not contain his excitement as he jumps up and throws his paws around the dog's neck and buries his face in his fur. Bowsy's tail is wagging and the dog allows Jasper the cat to hug him for a couple of minutes before trying to back away like, hey, dude, you know, chill out a little bit. The dog wants some breathing room. But the cat isn't ready to let his best friend go. The cat actually lets out a couple of excited meows and then clings to the dog with all of his might, like with both of his paws touching in the front. But eventually the big dog gives in and just enjoys all the loving. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime time at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update get more at animalradio.com hi i'm charlotte ross on animal radio please remember to stay and new to your pets you're listening to animal radio if you missed any part of today's show visit us at animalradio.com or download the animal radio app for iphone and android Don't you know it? You found Animal Radio. 
And yes, we're celebrating the connection with your pet. And we welcome back to the show the dog food dude, Rick Woodford. He has a brand new book called Chow, Simple Ways to Share the Foods You Love with the Dogs You Love. So let me start off by saying welcome to the show, first of all. And secondly, we've been telling listeners for ages, don't feed the food from the table to your animals. And if I'm feeding the food that I love to my animals, it might be like pizza and spaghetti. I just don't think that's right. Tell me where I've gone wrong. Well, thank you very much for having me back. Um, what, uh, what My whole purpose is to get you to share more healthy foods, um, more raw foods, uh, natural foods in their form rather than meals or things that you already have on your plate. Ah. It's great to feed foods that are on your cutting board, not so much the foods that you've added so much extra fat to or salt (laughs) or spices or things that aren't good for dogs, even though there are some beneficial fats, beneficial spices. So the whole idea with chow is to help people which foods you can share and easy ways to incorporate them. I knew that. I just wanted you to say that there. but. I, I think I really bond with my animals when I share food with them, and I think that's a bonding experience for them too, isn't it? Well, I think, it, I mean, I just kind of think that why dogs picked us in the first place is because we had food, and they kind of started following us around, and I think that I some kind of thing in there. That's how we started that relationship with dogs, and um, I certainly think that whether it's training and I'm using food as treats or just providing a meal that they are so excited for, I think it is kind of a bonding experience. Now, when you share your food, are you sharing just that, or should they be getting a regular meal from a canned food or any other kind of supplemented food? In the first, my first book, Feed Your Best Friend Better, I really did the whole, like, if you are diehard and you want to cook every meal for your pet, Uh um, here's how you do it. This book is really kind of, it has a ton of meal ideas to supplement that same thing. And this book is really kind of for a broader audience that says, hey, is it okay to share my dog? What, what's some of the simple, simple ways I can do it using some of the same foods that I'm using on my cutting board, just putting a couple of them aside and cooking them really fast? <laughs> what are some <laughs> of the good foods? Because you say fruits, and I know grapes are not a good food to feed them. What are the, the fruits and what are the foods that we can share with our animals? But, well, I mean, I, I'm covering a hundred different types of, of food items, like um, cumin is really beneficial, wow. ginger is beneficial, hmm. um, turmeric is extremely beneficial, um, coconut oil. Uh, but then also like a total range of every single meat that I could think of. Um, I did kind of stay away from thing, weird things like rabbit and quail and venison. Uh-huh. Um, but I got tons of beef recipes, tons of chicken recipes. And some of those are the most healthy kind of things you can put in the bowl. But then also my, my number one thing I'm always trying to get people to do is give your dog some more fruits and vegetables because that's where all the phytochemicals are. That's where, where all the antioxidants are. And that's really what helps determine the fate of your has health and they get five um, basic antioxidants from commercial foods that are a part of supplementation but there's you can't depend on five antioxidants to do every single thing that the body needs hmm. and so my goal is to get people to you know hey give your dog a few blueberries give your dog a few blackberries every now and then squashes carrots um, go ahead let's get loose with the turnips um, <laughs> but like just uh, really kind of thinking a lot of foods and you know there's Everybody concentrates on that list of foods that you should not give your dog. And that, that's kind of where I started with the inspiration of this book. I'm like, I got tired of seeing those lists. And nobody ever talks about all the things you can share with your dogs mm. and the ways that you can share them. I'm always looking for treats. 
I hate to go out and buy a box of treats that are, you know, been processed and stuff. I want something kind of healthy snack for my dog in between meals when I'm playing with that. Them. They'll what? really like. Well, one of my favorites, and um, I've had a couple people comment on on like, where would you come up with these weird ideas? Is um, Cheerios uh, mixed with dried fish? So those Cheerios start absorbing that fish smell. And drives dogs crazy. And, you know, then every once in a while they get the Cheerios, and every once in a while they get a total jackpot with the dried fish. So Cheerios um, are healthy for them? It's, I mean, so just to, and people always ask about grains and all these kinds of things. We're talking treats. Like in the book. Yep. Moderation. I have, a, I have a popcorn recipe because, and I don't feed my dogs corn. I don't even feed my dogs cornmeal as part of most of their treats and stuff like that. But our dogs go freaking crazy for popcorn. And yep. so we're like, okay, you guys can have a little bit of popcorn, you know, half a cup or something like that of pop popcorn. You know, it's it's not a mainstay of their meal. It's not what we're teaching them. Like, this is this is everything that's going through your body. 95% of your diet is actually from corn. No, it's like 3% of your diet is actually coming from this popcorn. And, and you know, I'm also adding a couple extra nutritional yeast or cumin or something like that on top of it to give them another nutritional boost. And just um, so I can chime in, the the general guideline is treat food should be less than ten percent of the daily calorie intake. Mm, okay. So that, yeah, just a little yeah. science behind this. <laughs> and that's where I, and, you know, some people are like, oh, ten percent of the calorie intake, and I don't want people to have to think about all that. So every food, every recipe, I give feeding guidelines for ten, twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, and a hundred pound dogs. Oh, so, that's great! So, Isn't it funny? It is. It's because I find like my little dog. He's sixteen pounds, and he only needs about three hundred fifty calories a day. So if like someone goes out and buys wow. one of those pre-made like edible bones, that's almost like half of his daily calorie wow. needs. We actually tend, you know, tend to have a little bit of a difficult problem sticking to around two thousand calories ourselves as adults. <laughs> I mean, it's really easy to go over. I can go over two thousand calories by lunch. If oh I'm yeah. Not. So I'm like, oh, I had a bowl of cereal and a juice, and then I had a burrito for lunch. And I was like, well, I shouldn't be eating any more for the day. I wish we had more time. I'm going to give away 10 copies of the book right Nine now. Nine copies. Nine now. copies of the book. Chow, <laughs> simple ways to share the foods you love with the dogs you love. And like you said, Judy, it's treats. You know, treats are supposed to be treats. I, I can't think of a treat that is healthy for I know. me. Every time I go, oh, I, just... I can. Can you? I can. Okay. Oh, Frozen green beans are a treat. Frozen um, green beans. Yeah, those dried fish are a total treat. Vinny Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio with a party animal segment. I saw on the telephone pole at the end of my street the other day a missing pet flyer we've discussed flyers here in the past the catch with this one is they had drawn the picture of the cat missing it was a pencil drawing now that one you're not going to really be able to tell i i don't know it didn't look any different than any other millions of cats you see out on the show well, you don't see as many these days as stray cats as you did when i was a kid uh back in the 70s and 80s but um, they didn't really look any different. Two, it told me that you're drawing the picture of this cat that you never took one of your cat. So how much could you have possibly loved it if you didn't have a picture to photocopy for the flyer now that Smittens is missing? I'm not even going to get into the whole Smittens thing. But how much could you have loved Smittens? Maybe Smittens ran away, one, because you never took a damn picture of him. And two, because you named him Smittens. 
any pet, party animal, animal radio. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 do you hear that asthma triggers are everywhere from dust mites pet dander and pollen to smog and smoke an asthma attack can strike anywhere anytime be prepared with quick acting primatine mist clinically proven to open airways quickly it's the number one fda approved asthma inhaler available over the counter primatine mist breathe easy again use as directed Feeling trapped with that old phone? Don't. Getting a new phone is easy. Come into Verizon and get one of our best phones on us with Select Traded on Unlimited Ultimate Plan and get a plan that helps you save by only paying for what you need. Act now and get a brand new phone at your Verizon store today. $999.99 device payment or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on Unlimited Ultimate Plan required. Less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR. Trading conditions apply. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild, wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope, and they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Start learning a new language today. Go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Angel. Hey. Well, so what's going on? Well, I have a little uh, 15 and a half year old. Uh, she's about five pounds, and she's uh, an odd mix. She looks like a Shih Tzu. She's a Shih Tzu, Chihuahua, and Pekingese. And I would like to know what the symptoms are for hip dysplasia. Um, is there a change in stance? Is there a change in her gait? Um, she doesn't seem to indicate any pain, but she seems to be much m less steady on her feet. You're, when you say she's a little bit unsteady on her feet, do her feet give out on her, or is she just slow getting up? 
um, when she's just kind of standing there, not in the truck, like when we take her out to walk her and everything, sometimes she just kind of wobbles like maybe she doesn't have her land feet yet. You know, okay. I, I'm not sure if it's because of the truck or if it's because of, of uh, but it's something that's kind of appeared within the last year. Okay, well, and she's definitely old enough that we would want to talk about, um, and I probably uh, gear more towards what we'd call osteoarthritis um, than just hip dysplasia, because hip dysplasia is only one part of the body that can have problems. And in dogs, they can have elbow dysplasia, they can have spinal arthritis, so you can really have um, pain and arthritic changes kind of anywhere in the body, and that can create problems in mobility and getting around. And, you know, for an, for an old gal, um, you know, like that, I would say if we're worried about the back end, we sometimes do see some distinctive problems in the back end um, where we might have a crossing over of the back feet where they do seem kind of uncoordinated and almost drunk. Um, and we, we can see problems where um, getting up from a seated or a lying position is difficult, and you just kind of see it almost in the extra effort, that you know, the push to get up. That can be a sign that there's pain um, and or muscle weakness. And then finally, you know, if we're seeing continence problems in the back end, if we're having urine accidents, we're having pooping accidents, those can be signs that we might be having some problems with the hindquarters. But in general, when we look anywhere on, this, on, on a dog's body, um, arthritis can affect how easily they get up. So really you're looking for that exaggerated effort. You're looking for a limp. And you're looking for a pet who might have maybe quivering or um, tremors with their muscles because the, if the joints aren't working really well and they're not moving in the full, nice, long strides that they should, the muscles can atrophy and they can weaken, and that will translate to a, maybe a trembling or shaking leg. So, so those are some of the things that I would definitely keep an eye out for. Okay. Um, I think you've hit it kind of on the nail. The, the more appropriate description would be uh, the muscle uh, weakness, I think, is what it is an indicator. Does that um, will that encourage hip dysplasia, or is that maybe just because she's gotten older and also she lives on a truck, you know, without as much exercise as other dogs? Sure, and you know, I, I I can't say I don't do a lot of the truck driving, but I can imagine where like the having your sea legs, you know, might be a little bit disorienting when she first gets to land. Um, but as far as um, you know, for um, other things, as far as there definitely can be medical problems, metabolic problems that cause weakness, problems like thyroid okay. disorders, other types of hormone disorders that can cause a generalized muscle weakness. Um, the other thing would be, you know, it, when we talk about the spine, um, some breeds of dogs um, can have uh, particular problems with disc disc problems. That's hard to say, disc problems. <laughs> um, but that can actually cause back pain and can even lead to signs of paralysis where their feet kind of get either where they drag them or they may not really sense where they're at in space and they just kind of trip over them or they cross their feet over. So if we're seeing something like that, then I would say we definitely want to get some x-rays because we want to make sure we're heading down the right route, right road, whether it's a orthopedic problem and maybe we need some pain medicine and some joint remedies, or if it's something more of a neurologic problem, and then we're going to have a totally different um, type approach where we maybe deal with pain medicine, but we might need to gear something towards inflammation um, and gearing towards um, you know, that nerve uh, function. So okay. that might be a, you know, I know she's an older gal, but that might be a good investment in just to kind of get the right pathway and make sure we're heading down the right road there. This is Dr. Debbie, and if you have a question for me, give me a call or email me at docdebbie at animalradio.com. Well, let's head on over to Tony. Hey, Tony, where are you calling from? 
Los Angeles, California. What's going on? Well, I'm curious to know, um, uh, what is the normal temperature for a cat? Normal temperature would be 102, 101 to 102, maybe 103 at the high end. Because I got a temporal artery thermometer. Do you know what that is? Uh, forehead thermometer? And I scanned it across the cat's head, and uh, it was 84, 85 degrees. Yeah, so you can't trust that. On animals? No, and the problem is, is that there's hair, fur, and different conductions in their skin, so um, we can't rely on that. Now, there, the most reliable temperature is actually the rectal temperature using a rectal thermometer. Right. There, um, we do in veterinary medicine. Sometimes we'll use um, an auricular or an ear uh, thermometer, and uh, that basically measures heat that reflects off of the um, eardrum. So that would be my second choice if I was checking a temperature. Um, and then the the third but less favored would be under the armpit, um, which we do see a lot more variability when you do that, just because again they, there's differences in their skin, their fur, all of that kind of stuff. So it, it's best to do a rectal temperature if you're up for the the challenge. What's going on with your kitty? Is she having a problem? Oh no, no. I just uh, you know every once in a while I uh, try something new on them and see if it'll work. It's like preventative maintenance. Yeah, right. Hey, thanks for calling, Tony. We appreciate it. I think that's the first time that we've ever had that question. Yeah, I thought it was a good question. It's a good good one. It is a good question. I don't know if I want to learn the whole rectal thing. That's, I'll pass on that. I just have that relationship. It could be done easily at home with a little peanut butter distraction on one end and a little KY on the other. Just make sure you have the peanut butter on the right end. I want to get those mixed up. No, don't mix up your ends. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Keep the dial set here for news and music. W-E-E-U. Reading. W-E-E-U.
News Talk 830 WEEU, Reading. It's a bluebird day here in Jack's backyard. So come on in and chat with us a while. It's time for Jack's Backyard on the Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. WEEU. expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, ownership, or sponsors of 8.30 a.m. WEEU. And now, here's the host of Jack's Backyard, Jack Holcomb. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. And welcome once again to the backyard right here on News Talk 830 WEEU and on the vast internet at 830WEEU.com. Good to have you on the other end of this uh, wet Saturday morning as we dive into two hours with nature, but you know that. Jack Holcomb here along with producer Sean Tansky, ready and able to listen and learn from you today. 610-374-8800 or toll-free 888-401-0459 are the important phone numbers to connect with us. I think you probably have that written down right next to the phone. A lot to catch up with on this 13th day of January, and I hope you will share. Information came my way about snow geese in the area. Has anyone seen them at Middle Creek? I have no word on that this week. As I mentioned last week, there are tundra swan there. Uh, I didn't see any activity at the Game Commission's Farm Country Eagle's Nest yet. Did you? I was looking for that, and I didn't see any activity at all, but I only looked about twice. Bill Yurick will join us as usual at 8.30 this morning, and Master Naturalist Mike Slater will be heard following the 9 o'clock news. And by the way, next week, uh, David Barber from Hawk Mountain Sanctuary will join us to detail the 2023 raptor count. So that's next Saturday. So the table is set, and we're anxious to have the chance to talk and learn from you on this Saturday morning. The welcome mat is out, and I am certainly glad that you're with us today. 
It's probably time for your first or second or third morning beverage to get you started on a cloudy Saturday morning, but it's going to get nice. Sun's going to shine. Let's go to our current events and see what's happening. And we'll start with Burke's Nature. On Saturday, January 20th, that would be next week, next Saturday, Nature Explorers, a full-day drop-off program from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., $60 per person. Drop your kids off at the Nature Place for a full day of exploring Angelica Creek Park, scientific experiments, and other hands-on activities perfect for the curious adventure seeker in 2024. So that will be next Saturday. That's a full day drop-off, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., Nature Place, $60 per person. Go and learn. Great place to learn about nature. The Lancaster County Bird Club is offering two field trips in January, which are free and open to the public. Participants must register with the group leader prior to the day of the trip. On Saturday, January 20th, that's next Saturday, the venue is Riverfront Park near Marietta with a 10 a.m. start. If you'd like to find out more about what birds perhaps you'll see or schedule that uh, for the hike, all you have to do is go to Lancaster Bird Club, all one word, lancasterbirdclub.org for complete details. The Pennsylvania Heartland Herb Society is hosting a public program Thursday, January 18th at 9 o'clock in West Lawn United Methodist Church. That's on Woodside Avenue in Reading. And the topic will be the Woodlands Cemetery and Mansion, Philadelphia, presented by Robin Fick, Facilities and Landscape Manager. All are welcome. So that's on the 18th. That's Thursday, next Thursday, 9 o'clock, West Lawn United Methodist Church. Well, let's see, the Carbon County Environmental Education Center has a program next Saturday. Baby, it's cold outside. That will be at 10 o'clock next Saturday morning. Participants discover how animals stay warm during the winter season. Fun science experiments make this morning program suitable for all ages. Weather permitting, it will include a short trek outdoors to look for signs of animals active in the winter. And the program is free of charge. Carbon County Environmental Education Center, Summit Hill, Pennsylvania. They have great programs up there. The Berks Community Strollers will be strolling Gibraltar next Saturday. Meet at 10 o'clock at the Gibraltar parking lot directly across from Turkey Hill. That's at uh, Route 724 and Gibraltar Road. And uh, you can overflow parking available at, at uh, Gibraltar Park. Restrooms available at Turkey Hill. So that will be next Saturday for Burke's Community Strollers. Strolling Gibraltar. Meet at the Gibraltar parking lot directly across from Turkey Hill. Well, I noticed that the uh, Burke's County Fly Tires are uh, meeting 7 p.m. first and third Thursday at the Burke's County Ag Center which is located, of course, on County Welfare Road. Uh, the uh, club website is berksfly.org, berksfly.org. 
For more information, you can get their complete schedule and learn more about fly tying. Although it's winter, landowners can begin making plans to help wildlife this spring and beyond by planting tree and shrub seedlings offered by the Pennsylvania Game Commission's Howard Nursery. The 2024 seedlings order form is available online and sales are already underway. The Howard Nursery grows tree and shrub seedlings for use on state game lands and by participating a hunter access cooperation in the uh, Seedlings for Schools program and by the Game Commission's uh, conservation partners is all worthwhile, and the dollars go uh, to those programs. For more information, just go to pgc.pa.gov. That's pgc.pa.gov for more information. As a matter of fact, you can go and see all of the programs they have scheduled by going to that website. All information you need to know about the Game Commission and their activities is pgc.gov, or I'm sorry, pgc.pa.gov, .pa.gov. Well, that will do it for our current events. Remember, if your organization is sponsoring any kind of nature happening, we'll be more than happy to publicize it for you, and there is no charge. But I need the information. The best way to get it to me is through my email, which is jkhbird at aol.com. jkhbird at aol.com. And if you don't have a computer or know someone who has, you can just put the uh, information in a postcard or letter and send it to Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Well, let's see. It is uh, 10 minutes past the hour of 8 o'clock, hour number one of the backyard at hand, and we are ready to take your call. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. And all of those lines are open and ready for you on this uh, 13th day of September. Of September. Dreamer of January, 13th day of January 2024. Well, let's see what else. While I'm waiting for the phone calls, got lots of stuff to talk about this morning. I want to thank uh, Lucy Cairns for updating uh, the information she gave us last week on the Reading Christmas bird count. And she sent me this information. They did record uh, just under uh, 2,300 robins which is a 10-year high. So they had 2,300 robins on that uh, Christmas bird count in Reading. Also, I'm getting reports. I had an email from uh, Joan. She had hundreds of robins at Blue Marsh. So the robins apparently are everywhere, even perhaps your, your backyard. And uh, Lucy goes on, snow geese, when in fact 203 were seen on the Reading Christmas bird count. 203. And as for gulls, they had 646 ringbill gulls, two herring gulls, and one great black gull. 
so there you have it, the updated report from Lucy Cairns about the Reading Christmas bird count. Thank you, Lucy, very much, and we wish you all the best. And uh, I know next year we'll probably break even more records, which I think is, is great. Okay? All right. What else do I have for you? Oh, I know. I mentioned at the start of the program about Middle Creek and the uh, snow geese, perhaps. Uh, I'm waiting for a report. And if you were up there this week and saw snow geese, please let us know. Uh, they do have the tundra swan, but we were wondering about the snow geese since so many were found in our general area. And I want to point out that uh, the... Please check with the folks at Middle Creek uh, before you go, especially when the snow geese arrive, because it can really be, really be packed, and there will be no parking places and things like that. By the way, the uh, starting January 16th, the Visitor Center will reopen for the 2024 season, so that's, uh, that's this coming week. Visitor Center will be open this coming week, 16th of January, at, uh, at Middle Creek. But it's just a good idea. Uh, you can, by the way, uh, to find out if the snow geese are there and perhaps uh, bring you up to date on the procedures dealing with the snow geese at Middle Creek, you can go to uh, PGC uh, Middle Creek if you wish. Just go to pgc.pa.gov and go into their website, the Game Commission website, and you can find um, Middle Creek. And also a reminder, they do have uh, the live stream on Snow Geese uh, webcam at, the, uh, at, at Middle Creek. So you can check that out once you get to the uh, Middle Creek website, okay? So there you have it. And to find out more, you can call the Visitor Center at uh, Middle Creek, 717-733-1512. That's 717-733-1512, or just go to middlecreek at pa.gov. Middle Creek, all one word, middlecreek at pa.gov. So that will bring us up to date with uh, Middle Creek. But if you were up this week and saw snow geese, uh, and I, I know you probably saw the tundra swan, but if you saw snow geese, please let us know, okay? All righty. Let's go to the phones, and we'll begin proceedings by saying good morning to our friend Carrie in Douglasville. Carrie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm wonderful. My son has been fed. He takes medication three times a day. He has been medicated, and he's back in bed. I wanted to ask you, I've seen an owl about 9.15 in the trees in the morning. Is that normal for an owl to be seen in the trees. My husband had said, uh, where was he? And I said, well, he was in the trees. Matter of fact, it was, it was a wonder, it was wonderful that I seen him, but I was amazed. Uh, are they out that early in the morning? No, some, you can, sometimes, I'll put it that way, Carrie, sometimes. Okay, you would thought that they would, I thought maybe he was looking for well, he probably, the young are about now, I believe, or certainly close to it. So uh, probably there is a, a dietary issue here and looking for food. And sometimes that will take them into the dawn and, and early daylight. Okay, he was a real good size. So do you think it was, a, I couldn't see like any of the ears. I was 
some distance, but I could see the outline. I knew it was an owl. A great horned owl or a barred owl. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Well, you're entirely welcome. You take care. Have a good weekend. Everybody get out. It's going to be beautiful today. Yes, it is. Josh, call in. Okay, love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take Bye. care, Carrie. This is the backyard, and I'm, I'm glad you're along with us today. Good night. Always have your company. They are our cuddlers and coworkers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there's nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Ole Valley Feed in the beautiful Ole Valley is your wild bird feeding headquarters. They're hosting a wild bird feeding seminar on Saturday, January 27th at 1 p.m., where they'll answer all your wild bird and nesting questions. Topics include enticing different birds, keeping critters off your feeders, attracting purple martins, types of feed, and how the seasons affect birds, and more. Reserve your spot. Call 610-987-3568 or visit olevalleyfeed.com. For the expert or novice bird feeder, Ole Valley Feed has something for everyone. Hi, this is Jessica from Chester Perfetto Insurance Agency. Do you have an AARP Medicare supplement plan? Rates are going up 7% effective June 1st. Medicare supplements can be changed any time of year. Better yet, the benefits with supplements are the same regardless of company. The only difference is price. Contact us today to discuss your savings without losing any medical coverage. 610-678-0373. Looking for fresh meats and produce, a quick meal on the go, unique handmade gifts, or just looking to meet a friend for breakfast? Look no further than Shillington Farmer's Market, with over 25 local vendors who love to serve their community. Visit shillingtonfarmersmarket.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook for weekly specials, events, and more. Shillington Farmer's Market, big enough to serve you, small enough to know you. Open Thursday through Saturday at 10 South Summit Avenue, Shillington. Historical weather on this day, January 13, 1886. Snow in Kansas in January is not uncommon, but the blizzard that hit that day in 1886 was a bit much even for a state accustomed to bad weather. The storm sadly claimed 50 to 100 lives and 80% of the state's cattle. Historical weather on this day researches multiple weather sources for our segment and is an educational community service production of Monsoon Mike's Weather. Weather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU.
Use the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast, partly sunny, windy, mild. We do have a wind advisory today. Still could see some river and creek flooding. High today, 50, but those temperatures sliding into the upper 30s. Partly cloudy, windy tonight, and a low 31. Partly sunny, windy, snow showers tomorrow morning, the high 38. Cloudy skies on Monday, the high at 31. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m. W.E.E.U. Yes, indeed. Right now we have 51, 51 degrees outside your AccuWeather station. News Talk 8.30, that would be W.E.E.U. and online 8.30, W.E.E.U.com. Telephone numbers 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. And all of those telephone lines are open for you right this very moment. Okay, don't we? Don't forget we have uh, college basketball for you today. That comes your way about 2.15 this afternoon. Penn State will face uh, Purdue. And uh, for whatever you do, don't forget to... High school basketball uh, during the week right here on Your Sports Leader. Bob McCool, Rich Scarcella, presented by Cross Keys Insurance. So that's weekdays. Good basketball, too. Burke's always had good basketball. Lines open. We'd like to chat with you today on the program. Anything about nature is just dandy with us. No problems at all. Well, let's see what else is happening. The Pennsylvania Game Commission is asking for the public's help finding turkey flocks uh, to trap for ongoing turkey projects. And uh, Pennsylvanians are encouraged to report the location of any turkey flocks that they see. And information is being collected online. You can just go to their website, pgc.pa.gov, and uh, you will see the uh, turkey survey site there for you. And the survey will be taken from January 15th through March 15th. So that's very important. Visitors to that webpage will be asked to provide the date of the sighting, the location, and the type of land, public, private, or unknown, where birds are seen, among other things. Game Commission crews will visit sites to assess them for the potential to trap turkeys. Turkeys will not be moved. They'll simply be leg-banded and released on site, which is, uh, is good to know. And four wildlife management units will be outfitted with GPS transmitters and then be released back to the site to be monitored over time. Uh, trapping turkeys during the winter is part of the Game Commission's ongoing population monitoring and provides information for a large-scale turkey study as well. Just like the last four winters, the Game Commission will put leg bands on male turkeys statewide. Hunters who harvest them on those turkeys or people who find one dead are asked to report the band number by either calling toll-free or reporting it online. Again, you'll find all the information you need on that winter turkey sighting survey. pgc.pa.gov. Pgc. Dot pa dot gov for more information on that. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 
1-800-273-8559. And all of those lines remain open for you, you, and you too on this uh, Saturday morning. Well, let's see. Just a minute. I got I have to turn on my little gadget here. So I will see. I, I selected a bird song or bird call for you uh, this morning. And I'm going <laughs> to... I say that, and I'm always waiting to see, is, is it still there, Jack? Well, well, let's, let's see if it is, okay? Do, 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 do. Ah, yes, it is. We often talk about the many different kinds of, of woodpeckers on the program, mostly the downies and the hairies and the flickers and the red-bellied woodpeckers. And once in a while, we'll be talking about the yellow-bellied sapsucker, which we do have in the area, and they can be seen almost all year long. So uh, this is what the yellow-bellied sapsucker sounds like. So you see they have a, a variety of, of calls. That's the yellow-bellied sapsucker. And they'll pop up once in a while uh, at, at a feeding, especially the suet. But uh, I just wanted you to know, uh, perhaps you won't hear them that often right now, but uh, they are out there and uh, being reported on bird counts and the like. Okay, let's go back to the phones and let's say good morning, uh, let's go to Bowmansville and say good morning to Lucy. I think that's that's a good time. Lucy, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Jack? Very well, thank you. It's good to hear from you. Thank you. I'm calling because we have a, I believe it's called a brown-tailed hawk, and I think there's actually a pair of them. Red, I'm not quite sure. Red-tailed hawk. No, this is brown and white. This is not a red tail. Well, many of the birds do have that brown tail, if you will. Many of the hawks. Okay. Almost all of the all right. hawks. Okay. Well, then, but they, they're they scaring our birds away. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and we're wondering what to do about them. Okay. You have either a sharp shin, which is a relatively small hawk, and you also have a cooper's hawk, which are the bird eaters. Uh, so they'll it's a Cooper's hawk. Okay, that's so, what it is. What, yeah. So they'll they'll hang around and uh, they'll keep the birds away from the feeder. No questions about that at all. I have a similar problem with the birds and the hawk. Okay. So there's really nothing you can do except you'll have to stop feeding for a while. That's what we thought, but we weren't sure. Yeah, that's we just were not sure. And that's not always surefire, but it discourages them for a while, certainly. 
and okay. uh, so that that's really the only thing you can do. Um, I, I wish because it's a question that's asked often, Lucy. Uh, be, okay. Because it is a problem. People, you know, don't like to see the hawk come in and take a bird, so they uh, they're very concerned. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I didn't say this when they asked me, but we have a we have a lot of sparrows. I guess most people do, but um, we have one that's very very light in color. She's not. We call her our blondie, just because we'll say, "Oh, blondie's out there," um, but she's very light brown. Is that unusual, or is that a different species of bird that we don't know? It, so I'm saying, uh, listening to you, and you're saying that it's dramatically lighter. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. It's probably partial albino or leucistic. Uh, so that, the, in other words, it isn't completely white, but it's a good no. strain of, of the, the so-called white ge- genome or whatever it is that's involved. So that's, yeah. uh, that's probably what's happening if, if it's extremely light. Oh, yeah, you can pick her out right away. You know, we can see her out there immediately when she's there. Yeah, okay. this happens. This happens quite often. Uh, we we have the reports of the you know the all, almost all white birds pop up once in a while. Uh, sometimes they're with the others. Sometimes they're by themselves. But it does happen. In the yeah, in the beginning when we first saw her, she was kind of off by herself. But now she has truly mingled in with the flock. Yeah, she feeds yeah. when they feed and everything. She's there often. Do you, uh, Lucy, do you find that when the hawk is there or makes an appearance, then the birds stay away even when the hawk leaves for a good length of time? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we will stop feeding. What do you think? Like a week, two weeks? Is that play it, enough? Play it by ear. You know, just, okay. just, just play it by ear. I know I, I say that, and many people don't want to stop feeding. Uh, they're probably right now at this time uh, still a good abundance of natural food out there, so uh, they won't go hungry. Or I, Either that or they'll visit a neighbor's <laughs> feeder. Yes, we have a neighbor who has a feeder too, so okay. All righty, very good. Well, Jack, I really do appreciate your help there, You're... and you have a wonderful day. I will if you will, Lucy. I sure will. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. 610-374-8800, out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. We are waiting for our good friend Bill Urich, who usually joins us at this time of day on a Saturday morning, 8.30 for Bill and... Uh, Mike Slater, naturalist Mike Slater, joins us following the news at, uh, at 9 o'clock. Well, this comes from uh, Birdwatcher's Digest. The uh, term sugar bush refers to a forest dominated by sugar maple trees, which is where maple syrup comes from, as you probably all very well know. But not all sugar bushes are the same. A forest that is diverse in its tree and plant life and has a healthy understory is more stable, produces higher yields in the long term, and is highly beneficial habitat for birds and other wildlife. 
but some syrup producers seeking higher short-term yields as well as an easier route to harvesting will clear the understory and remove almost all trees that are not sugar maples, creating a monoculture that has diminished ecology. And uh, so to encourage more ecologically beneficial syrup harvesting and land management practices, in 2014, Vermont Audubon teamed up with the Vermont Department of Forests, Parks, and Recreation and the Vermont Maple Sugar Makers Association to create a bird-friendly maple project. To qualify, a maple syrup farmer must commit to a management plan for their sugar bush to be made up of no more than 75% sugar maples and to allow at least 25% of their lands to be covered with an understory of bushes, flowers, and smaller trees. So if you're buying Vermont maple syrup, Remember to look for the bird-friendly maple project label and help the birds that will enjoy breakfast. That's from Bird Watchers Digest on maple syrup. Many, many stories from my youth about maple syrup. As we, I guess we talked about it with, what, Stephanie a couple of weeks ago? Maple syrup on snow? <laughs> this is... The backyard. It's 8.32, and time to say good morning once again to our good friend, Bill Yurick, who's on the other end of the phone. Bill, how are you today? Oh, okay. A little sad. A little sad. Uh-oh, I don't like that. Oh, well. No, it's um, the, the fact that the uh, American tree sparrow dropped off the Reading Christmas bird count. After a hundred and what, twelve years, thirteen yeah, years, yeah. Um, that, that was that was kind of interesting because the uh, <laughs> there were three birds that have been on every Reading Christmas bird count: the crow, the uh, junco, and the tree sparrow. And the tree sparrow was always the odd one; right? it you know had hung in there. Um, and you would think there'd be a lot more. Like you, you would think downy woodpeckers would would be on every Christmas bird count and things like that. But your as, as I talked about your early writing Christmas bird counts a couple of years ago, I think on your show, um, they started in, it started in 1900 uh, with the uh, bird lore. Um, but everybody knows that story. It started in Reading in 1911 and a well-known ornithologist, Alfred Gross was courting a woman from Reading, Edna Gross. They had the same last names. And um, they, he would visit over Christmas holidays, and they would take a walk out River Road and, you know, count the birds in the course of a couple of hours of walk. So now, you know, even today, if you walk along River Road, you're not going to get, you know, 70 species of birds. Um, and so there were just you know, very few species of birds, and those winters were a little bit crisper than, you know, than what we have now. So... The tree sparrow survived on the count for all those years, uh, but um, in the last several decades, the numbers really plummeted down to, uh, you know, less, less than fewer than a handful. Mm -hmm. The high count on the Reading Christmas bird count was 1,647 in 1947. Um, and the tree sparrow, in, in fact, some of those, in some years, the tree sparrow would migrate through Berks County and winter more to the south 
So we wouldn't see them much, so much in the winter, but be, that was because they were migrating past us. Now it seems that they're not coming down this far anymore, that uh, the, the, their southern migration probably just it just doesn't come down this, mm-hmm. this far. And so they've been kind of the numbers of tree sparrows have been fully diminishing. Of course, habitat's one thing that, that they need, but I think it's more like the, the much milder winters. That we've been seeing, yeah. and, they, and especially up up north, that it just hasn't been pushing those birds down. Um, and we've we've kind of seen the same thing too with the um, with the white crowned sparrow. Mm. You know, Rudy and I were on the you know Marion Township Western Burks part of the Burnville Christmas Bird Count. We had just two. Usually we get a couple dozen in different you know areas of, of the fields out there. But just two this year, so it's been a really mild, mild winter so far, and um, some of the Christmas bird count stuff is is bearing this out. You know, I had that that red start that I didn't report because I just had only seen it, and then other people had seen red starts in the same area mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. looking for the Ashbury flycatcher, and then Ed Burrell had the Cape um, May warbler. So that's really unusual to get those particular warblers. In this late in the year, and we, you know, usually the the winter warblers, the yellow rump warbler, that we'll see that um, throughout some, you know, the the early winter and then the late winter uh, going into spring. So uh, getting red starts and Cape May warblers, and uh, and I guess Mike said that a Wilson's warbler last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting those types of warblers lingering here, that's really kind of extraordinary, and we also had an interesting record. Uh, Rudy found a Lincoln Sparrow, as, as Lucy pointed out last week. That's the first record on the Brain Christmas bird count for the Lincoln Sparrow. And that one just must have lingered in migration. You know, they, they come through in spring and fall, but, um, you know, they they don't really winter here or anything like that, like a white-throated sparrow would do. So, yeah, uh, it was interesting stuff going on with the bird counts. And just for a plug, um, I'm going to do a Christmas bird count roundup for Berks Country, which is now a monthly uh, section in the paper. It's going to be going back to a tabloid section. And the first story in that new format is going to be, you know, which really is making me think I've got to get really cracking on that. (laughs) It's... uh, uh, it's going to be a, a roundup of the the Berks County Christmas bird counts, and next Saturday, not to you know plug the Redding Eagle too much here, but Russ did a really wonderful write up on the, all the rare birds, rare and unusual birds seen in Berks County in 2023, and that's going to appear. It's slated to appear next Saturday morning, so maybe we'll have something to to talk about next Saturday morning. So um, yeah, so that's. Uh, it's been kind of an interesting uh, winter so far with and as you say all those robins still still hanging out here yeah. um, it's you know I know in, over in Coomer there used to be this huge robin roost Don Berger used to, yes, to give me information on, on that huge robin roost but still the fact that we get robins through this mild type of weather really shows how our winters have moderated over the last decade or so. Bill, how do you? When we, let, let's go back to the tree sparrow for a moment. It, it mm-hmm. is it, it's sparrow-like, of course, and it has a very mm-hmm. noticeable dot, or if, if you will, yeah. a, 
spot, if you in in the middle of the breast. Right, and has a red cap. Yes, sir. Kind of like a chipping chipping sparrow. chipping sparrow, right? And, and in fact, a chipping sparrow showed up, you know, late in the winter, um, <laughs> down in Reading. Uh, that it was photographed and, and identified. So yeah. So that's weird when we get chipping sparrows in the winter, but not tree sparrows in the winter. Chipping sparrows should be gone, long gone by yeah, now. Right. And we get a wintry chipping sparrow. But, yeah, they look like they're, sometimes they're called the winter chippy. I, I've heard that or read that expression used uh, for them. But they're a red-capped sparrow, and they have that stick pin on their breast. A really, really handsome, really handsome bird. And uh, always, always cool to see, even more so now that they're – they become more unusual. Um, as I said, back in the back in the day, uh, there'd be an actual migration that you know you'd see tree sparrows in the fall and then back in the spring. But I don't recall seeing seeing tree sparrows in migration, you know, mm-hmm. like just hanging out. You know, when we're taking a bird walk in late fall, you know, early December, late November, I don't I don't recall seeing tree sparrows um, except when it gets close to the bird count in the end of December. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been changing. The migrations have been changing, and uh, it's it's reflected in, in you know, the, the, the change of the, the moderating winters is reflected in our in our counts and in our bird life that we get in the winter. I, I, I want to point out, uh, when we talked about that, uh, uh, that spot in the middle of the breast yeah. on the tree sparrow, the tree sparrow mm-hmm. that you it's there by itself it's not streaked like the song sparrow because mm-hmm. the song mm-hmm. sparrow that, also has that uh that dot right. if you will in the middle yeah yeah the tree sparrow it's like the red if you want to think about it you know we're talking about renaming the birds remember <laughs> that one that rankles me yes we can call it instead of a tree sparrow which says nothing about the tree sparrow, because down here we don't see them in trees. We see them in weedy edges, you know. So that's not a good name for that bird for us. So we should call it the red-capped, clear-breasted, <laughs> stick-pin dot sparrow. Stick-pin. That, that's the word I for, I couldn't come up with. Right, stick-pin. Right. Yes, yes. So that's going to be that's going to be our new name for the tree sparrow because we don't see those sparrows in trees. We see them in weeds. We could call them the weed. The red cap. Uh, how, how can I do? Red cap, clear-breasted, stick-pin, weedy sparrow might be the the name that the ABA might be wanting to look at. And or, Bill, Bill, Bill will write his list of new bird names very shortly, and we'll let you know when oh, it's I've published. Got, I've got a whole bunch of them. We, we could spend a show on on that. I mean, who identifies a sharp-shinned hawk by looking at its feet? You know, at its shins. Nobody. You know. <laughs> Red-bellied woodpeckers. They, I mean, red-bellied woodpeckers were were named because they they were in a dissecting tray, and you could see the red bellies. Yeah, you know, little pinkish um, tint. Yeah, yes. So <laughs> let's talk about renaming these birds. All yes. right. Good to talk to you, Bill. <laughs> I hope you have a good oh, week. Yes. Yes. Have a good yes. week. Show me the door. Show me the door. Get me out of here. I'm I'm okay. ranting. Okay. Take good <laughs> I'll care. I'll see you next week. All righty. Bye bye, <laughs> Bill Urich. Uh, joining us Saturday mornings about this time right here on News Talk 830 WEEU and online 830.
weeu.com. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 888-401-0459. And I would thoroughly enjoy chatting with you on this uh, 13th day of January 2024. Okay? All right. By the way, I, I said this last week, and uh, I, I've asked several people when they email me uh, what bird identification, what field guide they have, and I'm surprised the number of people that don't have field guides. Uh, this really uh, is, is a tool that if you enjoy birds at all, you really, underlined, really should have. And there are a variety of, of field guides out there, and it's, uh, it, it's wonderful to have if it just sits by the kitchen window or wherever you observe the birds at your feeders. It's just, a, it's just a good tool, if you will. And then once you get your field guide, you will find the doors open to, oh, 324 other bird books that uh, <laughs> you, might, you might buy or have in your house. Because the education never ends when it comes to uh, when it comes to bird watching. Okay, lines open six ten three seven four eighty eight hundred out of the area toll free eight 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 four zero one zero four five nine and I really would like to chat with you on this Saturday morning. Not only chat but learn from you as well. Let us know what's happening in your backyard or perhaps on a recent hike that you might have taken. Keep your resolution to get rid of things you don't need anymore that deserving people in our community can use with Donation Day at the Opportunity House Op Shop on Saturday, January 20th. From lightly used furniture, houseware, small appliances, and gently worn clothing, your giving will help dozens of families get a fresh start after being homeless. Let go of things you don't need knowing they'll help our neighbors. Donation Day, January 20th, 10 to 6 p.m. at the Op Shop at 3045 5th Street Highway in Muhlenberg Township. Are you looking for an assisted living community? Columbia Cottage Y Missing is the only licensed assisted living community in Berks County, offering 10 levels of care. They offer personal touch for you or an aging loved one. Columbia Cottage takes pleasure in offering the best in assisted living in Y Missing and the surrounding Berks area. Stop by and speak with the residents and the staff, and you'll see why they decided to join the Columbia Cottage family. To set up a tour, call Noreen Krimsky at 610-484-4418. You have auto insurance because, let's face it, stuff happens. And then you feel punished with a rate hike after filing a claim? Erie Rate Lock changes all that. With Rate Lock from Erie Insurance, your low rate stays great until you change cars, drivers, or your address. Your Erie agent in Reading and Hamburg is Cross Keys Insurance. Get a quote at 610-916-6190. Rate Lock does not guarantee continued insurance coverage. Insurance must meet necessary underwriting guidelines. Premium may change if you make policy changes. Not all products are offered in all states. Patent pending. Movies are bigger than ever at the RC Reading Movies 11 and IMAX, home of the only IMAX theater in the Reading area. This week, catch Jason Statham in The Beekeeper in IMAX. Also opening this week, we have Kalal 2, Mean Girls, The Book of Clarence, and Disney Pixar's Soul for the first time in theaters. Tickets are now on sale for Island of Lemurs, Madagascar 3D, the second movie in our three-month IMAX series for the family. All shows are at noon on Saturdays. Tickets are just $5, and kids' concession packs are just $5 for these shows. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news, sweepstakes, and events. 
Trying to stay warm? Let Ocean State Job Lot keep you toasty without burning through your wallet. Save. Memory foam slippers are a nice start. How about merino wool, heated, and fleece socks for a more fit feel? Stock up for the entire family at prices that you can't believe. Thermals and fleece line leggings will keep you comfortable no matter what you're doing around the house. And if you're going outside, grab gloves and hats too. Let Ocean State Job Lot keep you cozy and warm this winter. Are you worried about losing your family home to expensive nursing home care? There is a legal solution to the problem. Join attorney Scott Ho for a free seminar Tuesday, January 9th at 6 p.m. at Burke's Nature Conference Center off Route 10 near Alvernia University or Tuesday, January 23rd at Weaver's Market Banquet Facility at the intersection of Routes 272 and 897 near Adamstown. Register today at 610-374-5841. That's 610-374-5841. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. I guess that's me, and those telephone lines remain open. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888 And I would love to have the opportunity to chat with you today. Had a nice surprise this morning when my good friend Bill Saunders, you know him? Uh, he's the guy that does uh, feedback uh, weekdays, 9 to noon, right here on News Talk 830 WEEU and online 830weeu.com. We had a nice time to chat this morning, so it's always good to sit down with Bill. I haven't seen him for a while, so it's uh, good to renew the friendship and bring us up to date on what's happening in just about. <laughs> we covered a lot of territory, which was which was really good, so. Thank you, Bill. If you're listening, thanks for, for uh, stopping in. You can do that anytime, as a matter of fact. Well, Mary sent me this, uh, waddling around the perimeter of a prison in Brazil's southern state of Santa Catarina, geese have edged out their canine predecessors on patrols to make sure inmates do not escape. Between breaks in their on-site pond at Sao Pedro de la Contra prison, the honking birds dubbed geese agents, <laughs> geese agents police, a green space between the inside fence and the main outer wall. Staff say the vigilance of the geese makes them excellent guard animals, even more so than dogs. We have electronic surveillance, in-person surveillance, and finally the surveillance of geese, which replaced the dogs, <laughs> and it seems to work, said the present director. Um, the Pew Pew, P-I-U, P-I-U, heads the small flock, leading the fellow geese in their oversight of the premises. When officers call their, his name, he emits a distinctive hawk, a honk, a honk, honk. H-O-N-K. So there you have it. Yes, uh, the, many of the barnyard geese, as a matter of fact, uh, that people have, they, they make wonderful watchdogs and will often chase you. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 888-401-0459. I like this, and I think, was this Mary? Yes, this was Mary sent, sent uh, this along, too. And this comes from the Guardian newspaper, 
And uh, I'm, I'm quoting, Emma Beddington is the author. I often wonder why birds speak so universally to the sagging middle-aged soul. The sagging middle-aged soul that has become a comic trope. The um, swift passage from, is that a robin? To there's a lesser yellow leg, two hours drive away, start the car. It is the freedom they represent. No cholesterol, no mortgage, no self-assessment tax, deadline to worry about, or a sense of wonder in the everyday miracle of their existence, induced by an awareness of mortality. Whatever it is, I am in deep, disposable income, frittered on fat balls, constantly snooping on feathery goings-on in the garden, home decor reminiscent of the the put-the-bird-on-it sketch. This is great. This is great. I spent Christmas thinking about one bird in particular, Flacco, the Eurasian eagle owl, which is wandering around Center Park these days. It escaped from the Bronx Zoo, and uh, many people are following that, and all of a sudden have become entranced with Flacco, entranced by a bird. And that, of course, that inter- because of the bird, it introduced, because of that bird, it introduces other birds. You see, it, it's contagious. There's no doubt about it regardless of your age. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here's the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny, windy, mild. We do have a wind advisory today. Still could see some river and creek flooding. High today, 50, but those temperatures sliding into the upper 30s. Partly cloudy, windy tonight and a low 31. Partly sunny, windy. Snow showers tomorrow morning, the high 38. Cloudy skies on Monday, the high at 31. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. W-E-E-U. And right now it is 51 degrees. 51 degrees is going to be a nice day. It's going to be a nice day. Good to have you along in the uh, in the backyard today. Let's go back to the phones and let's go to West Township and say good morning to Jane. Jane, how are you today? Hi, Jack. Hi. Um, it's Ruscom Manor Township. Ruscom Manor Township. Okay. Yes. Yes. And um, earlier you were talking about woodpeckers, so I just wanted to let you know that we had the visit from the pileated, a male oh. pileated woodpecker this morning, and he comes to our, it's a regular suet that you buy in a cake at the store. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. Of course, it was very soft because of all the rain. And uh, but he knocked quite a bit of it out. <laughs> oh, that is, and it's the first time you've seen it at the suet. No, it's not. He's been kind of a visitor this winter, but he, it's it's infrequent. But yeah, he does come. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Uh, do you see it in the summertime? No, not as much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, perhaps if you see it on a regular basis, it nests somewhere in the area. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I do. And our other nice bird, nothing special, but it's just a northern mockingbird. Does it keep the other birds away? um, No, he is nosy, though. He 
Yeah, he he definitely wants to know what's going on. But he comes to the water bath. Very we have good. a heated water bath, Great. and he likes that. And we also have a winterberry bush, which is rapidly losing its berries, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to him and um, American robins. So you're having a good number of robins as well. Yeah. Yeah, we have some robins. Well, berries will do it every time. Uh, yes, every they will. Time. Well, so, that, that's a good report, especially topped with the pileated woodpecker. Yeah, we're always excited when we see him. That's great. Is it male, female, or do, do you... Uh, uh, we've had both, but today it's the male. Okay, okay. Yeah, he has the cap all the way down to his bill mm-hmm. and the little red line at his cheeks, so... What a good way to start the day. How about it? <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Jane. You have a good day, Jack. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. This is The Backyard, and I'm glad you're along with us today. And uh, let's say good morning to, I can't believe it, it's Ralph. Ralph, how are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning, young man. How are you? <laughs> I'm just crawling out of bed now. <laughs> So the program actually is like an alarm clock for you. Yes, sir. I am just laying here a little bit. I'll give you a call and let you know I'm here yet. And get, you, get your line going yet for you there. I, I, I greatly appreciate that. You know that, I, Ralph. Yeah, as far as the birds go, I get a lot of just uh, only the sparrows. That's a little the little baby sparrows, they keep coming, and uh, well, nothing else is flying in here at all that I can find. Well, and I... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know you're waiting for spring, so you can go out to the yard and check to see if there are praying mantis. <laughs> I'll tell you, I hardly even go out the yard anymore because of the, the viruses and everything and going around, I... I stay in, I try and prevent that I don't get sick. That's the main thing. Well, we don't want you sick at all, Ralph. I've, I've been doing good, really. Well, that, that is great. You I, can't, I can't even remember when I did have a bad cold even. So, whatever. So you, a, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you stay sheltered. That's correct. Even, even, my, even my family members and that, I tell them... Three years ago, when this flu, uh, when the well, when this diseases arrived here, I told them, oh, "Don't stop by. I don't want you bringing a bug in." Well, we <laughs> so will. They, they they listened to me, and with uh, all the occasions like Christmas and that, won't you come? Won't you? Nope. You're gonna have a bunch of people there. Strange people visit you and everything, and you're working yet. I don't want to catch it. So I said, let me be. I'm happy. Well, you got to get yourself a mask, too. Oh, I got about five of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Uh, You think I was a lone ranger. (laughs) Well, just take good care of yourself, okay? Yes, sir, and I'm uh, I'm, uh, 92 now. Well, now we're looking to 93. Well, that'll be a whole year away now. (laughs) Okay, Jack. Take good care, Ralph. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
<laughs> I appreciate his calls. He calls quite often. All righty. Uh, Heather, I'm sorry we have the news that's coming up from ABC here on WEEU. And uh, then Master Naturalist Mike Slater joins us about 9.05. He'll be with us for a spell. And then we can get to your call or you can call back. We'll leave that up to you. Our number one of the backyard comes to a close on this uh, 13th day of January 2024. Stay around. I'm going to learn something, and I think maybe you will too, as we continue in the backyard. Our number two just around the corner. Talk 830 WEEU, Reading. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. The Iowa caucuses are frozen by the weather. It's going to be a little bit of a trek. Nobody knows how exactly we're going to get there, but we're going to figure it out. That's former President Donald Trump in a video as his campaign's canceled most of its in-person events this weekend because of the weather. Caucus Day on Monday could be the coldest in the history of the Iowa caucuses. ABC's Alex Brashay says the entire region is getting walloped by winter cold. A major Arctic blast threatening millions with below zero temps, up to 100 record lows across the country over the next several days. From snow to high winds to dangerously low temperatures across the country. Every time I see a snow, I was like, oh my God, here you go again. In fact, every state except Arizona is under some sort of extreme weather alert. Some of the cold concerning to people with nowhere to go. Arlene Hampton opening a shelter in Washington state. Once it drops below 30 and it's well below 30 right now, we activate what we call our extreme weather shelters. In Asia, Taiwan's elected a new president, William Lai Ching Dun. He's the current vice president and he said, We have shown the world how much we cherish our democracy. This is our unwavering commitment. But his win will likely upset China, which claims Taiwan as its own. Beijing has called him a troublemaker. U.S. plans to send an unofficial delegation to Taiwan. A senior researcher at the World Food Program tells ABC it estimates more than half of Gaza's residents are now starving amid war with Israel. Number represents more than half a million people. U.S. launched another strike on Houthi rebels in Yemen a day after hitting more than 60 targets. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said prior to the second wave. There's no war with the Houthis. We don't seek a war uh, in Yemen with the Houthis. We want to, we want to see these attacks stop. He's referring to the attacks on commercial ships in the Red Sea. You're listening to ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. 
This is Rocky Mosell with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Some conservatives in Congress had pressured House Speaker Mike Johnson to back out of his top-line spending deal reached with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. But on Friday, Johnson said... Our top-line agreement remains. We are getting our next steps together, and we are working toward a robust appropriations process. There's still the risk of a partial government shutdown on Friday. At this point, another stopgap short-term spending agreement is likely in order to avoid another funding lapse. Mixed reactions Friday from survivors and the family members of victims of the racist mass shooting at a Buffalo, New York supermarket in 2022. They were reacting to news from federal prosecutors that they'll seek the death penalty against the shooter, Peyton Gendron. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more from Buffalo. Ten black people were killed in the attack, including Pearl Young. The death penalty doing nothing to diminish the pain of her daughter. Whatever decisions they made, it's not going to do anything in terms of what my heart needs. And my heart needs healing. Mark Talley's mother was Geraldine Talley. I would have preferred he spend the rest of his life in prison uh, suffering every day. I think he's getting off the hook getting the death penalty. Gendron is already serving a life sentence after pleading guilty to state charges last year. University of Alabama's found its replacement for Hall of Fame football coach Nick Saban hiring Kalen DeBoer from the University of Washington. I'm Brian Clark, ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Turn to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Thank you very much, and good morning once again, everyone. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb, along with Sean Tansky here on WEEU News Talk, WEEU. Good to have your company today. 610-374-8800, out of the area, toll-free, 888 And we would certainly love to chat with you 
today. And uh, right now, it's always a pleasure to chat with master naturalist Mike Slater, who joins us week uh, every week at this time. Mike, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Jack. How are you? Well, not too bad. Going to be a nice day today. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Doesn't look real fun right now. No, it's going. It's going to get better. Got to okay. Think positive. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Did you have a good week? Yep. Okay. The the big change is that our bird feeder, our number of blue jays is down. We've had five or six at least coming. I'd put out a pint and a half of peanuts in the shell every morning around eight o'clock, mm-hmm. and they'd usually be all got, all gone by nine o'clock. Yesterday and the day before, the peanuts lasted all day. Now, some some blue jays migrate. Yeah, so I think these guys probably have just decided, oh, well, we've eaten enough here. It's Winter, we think, is really coming. We're going to head further south. <laughs> That's my expectation or my thought. And uh, perhaps uh, having an idea of what kind of weather we'll be getting. Uh, and, and yeah, we'll... they might be better predictors of weather by looking at the clouds and feeling the wind than we are. One thing that crossed my mind uh, when, when Bill was talking earlier today about tree sparrows, yes. uh, I was wondering, with the, no tree sparrows on the Reading Christmas bird count, so uh, is this cyclical or can we cross out the word cyclical when it comes to, to Mother Nature and bird migration? No, there are, there are definitely things which are cyclical. There's just longer range patterns and changes in climate that will affect things, too. So they all add up, though. So even though we had the hottest year on record last year mm-hmm. around the world as measured, doesn't mean it won't get cold sometimes during the winter. Yeah. And this... That's the difference between climate and weather. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, one, one thing about the, the, the climate, it's uh, certainly become uh, c- c- political. I don't know if weather has become political or not, but the... Uh... I know it has, and that's really unfortunate because yes. it's made a, making a big difference in the weather that we're experiencing. Have we seen a? I mean, can you imagine the people that lived in Arizona last year, where they had how many days in a row with the high over a hundred oh, degrees? No, no. Was it like ninety or something ridiculous yes, like that? Yes, yes, yes. I I just can't imagine. And this this going on to what you've been saying, though, this does affect the bird migration and then perhaps the human migration as well. Yes, yes, we're animals. With this is our environment too. I mean, even if, even if you have air conditioning, it still can be very hot. Or if you have heating, it still can be very cold in places. It just moves things around to different places. So I want to talk about a more cheerful subject. Very good. Time. Yes. Yes, please. This is, this is just for Bill. I want to talk about the eponymous name changes, the bird <laughs> name changes okay. from um, – that are named after people. There's a really good podcast that the ABA, the American Birding Association, has every other week, I think it is. And last Friday's was about the bird name changes, and Nate Swick, the host, interviewed three people who were on the ad hoc committee that recommended doing this and explained their rationale. It's very good. I've got a link to it up on the Bear Club's website homepage. And also there's a link there to the actual report that the committee put out. 
And what they've recommended is all the bird names that end in apostrophe S should be changed because, let's face it, even, you know, a um, Kirtland's warbler doesn't belong to Mr. Kirtland. He doesn't own those birds. Right, right. And the other things would be they tried to come up with criteria. Maybe we should evaluate which people are worthy of having a bird named after them in the English language and so forth. And they couldn't really come up with a good practical way to do that. And then they said, even if we could do that, do we want ornithologists as the amateurs spending all our time talking about people, or do we want to talk and think about birds? Yeah. So the renaming of the birds gives us a chance to come up with all kinds of new names. <laughs> like the example they gave was people are suggesting online names, and they're going to have websites and places for people to give suggestions before they do anything. <laughs> but people were suggesting names for the Say's Sparrow, or Say's Phoebe, which sometimes shows up here in Pennsylvania. But it's a western species, southwestern, sort of brown, dark above with a little bit of a rusty to yellowish breast. And people suggested names like Mesa, Phoebe. But the, my favorite one is someone suggested the name Sunset Phoebe, <laughs> which I think is rather poetic. So we don't know what kind of names people are going to come up with. You know what sticks And what in. they'll finally accept. But this is a big opportunity. One person said it's sort of like when you were a kid and you were given a big blank piece of paper and a new box of Crayola crayons. You could do anything. All of a sudden, all kinds of names are strolling through my mind. Yes, uh, yes. I hope everyone is writing them down and keeping the ones they think are best. Uh, what so about... When they're ready for suggestions, you're ready to type them into that website. Uh, one th- word that popping into my mind is butterbutt. Yeah. For the... Well, that's that's the one of the warblers, the, the hardy warbler that's with us. Uh, the, the yellow rump. Yeah, the yellow rump warbler. And some people. Yeah, that use, the Western form. I don't know if they're going to rename subspecies. That's the one with the yellow throat that lives out west. The subspecies has is called Audubon's warbler. They may change that. Yeah. Another another thing they pointed out in this thing was, like Wilson's snipe and Wilson's phalarope and Wilson's warbler. With Wilson's warbler, that isn't the name that Alexander Wilson gave it. He called it the black-capped green flycatcher. Oh, my. And who changed that? I don't know. I don't know who did it, but all, all this is, is going to be you know, public and take suggestions and could be a good time, I think, to find <laughs> some interesting names. And, and another person said it would be nice to have more birds named after their songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can hear that, yes. So could be could be interesting times. Do you realize and it's not going to be a fast process? Do you realize the number of field guides that will have to change and the dollars involved with all people, of that? People will still be able to look, you know, online and find equivalents between old names and new names. But we've been doing this every other year forever yeah, with yeah. the lumps and splits that cause new changes. And when you say a lot of people don't have field guides, I bet a lot of people have Merlin's. Merlin yes, on their yes. phones or other bird apps on their phones for identification. They have all the pictures and descriptions and maps. I know I have the Sidley Bird Guide on my phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
which is is a field guide, but it's yes. the phone version. So people may not have paper copies, but they still have the written information available if they want it. So you're being optimistic? Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it, it's going to happen. They're going to change it, whether people will accept all the changes. I doubt that anyone is going to be as vehement defending Baird Sparrow as Bill is. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, maybe it's just, I mean, face it, we want ornithologists wrangling about changing only a few of these and have to have hearings on who, which person can be honored with a bird name. <sighs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing world of ornithology. I, I'm going to look forward to it as fun to come up with new names. Um, I still want to call the Cooper's Hawk the Yard Hawk. That's a good point. I like that. I like that. So we'll we'll keep that, and we'll look for your publication. Well, yeah. So if anyone wants to hear that podcast, they can go to the ABA website and go to the podcast, or I have the link on the Baird Ornithological dot club that, that's, website. Yeah, Baird Ornithological dot club. Yep. That's it. Okay. Thank We're you. We're one of the first groups to get a dot club. I like web that. address. I like that. Well, you take good care. Have a great week, Mike. Thank you. You too. Enjoy the birds. I'll try. Bye, Jack. (laughs) See you later. This is The Backyard, and I'm glad you're along today. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 888-401-0459. And we have lines open for you, you, and you too. But right now, we say good morning to Mary Ann. Mary Ann, how are you this morning? I'm pretty well, Jack. Thank you. I have a problem, though. Uh-oh. A mockingbird. Yes. Is there anything that can be done to deter it, to chase it? To It, ch- it just keeps all the birds away, at, all of them. At the feeder or just generally your backyard? Uh, at the feeder, mostly. I have a, a, a nice that they can go under, you know, and hide, but he sits on top of it. The holly tree, he sits on top of it and chases all the birds. Yeah. This, is not, uh, this is not unusual for the mockingbird. But I had this about a year and a half ago. I didn't have, for a year and a half, I didn't have any birds in the yard because he was around. Yeah. Now he's back. Do you I feed gave all of my seed away? I, I don't know what to do. Did you feed? Uh, you have suet as well. I do. Do you feed berries at all? Any any fruit? Uh, no. Okay. No, I haven't tried that. Yeah, you know, the mockingbird has it's his territory, and and that that's why he's keeping the other birds away. And you did the right thing. You you have to stop feeding. That's that's one way to do it. But if he has that territory and uses it as a nesting site as well, uh, he's going to be around for a while. Well, that's what he did before. When he was around here before, he was nesting, and I would destroy every nest that he tried. You know, that, that, building that, in. That that's and then illegal. He disappeared, but he is back, and he will be a yard away. And watching, and yeah. as soon as a little bird comes, he he just comes and dives at him. Yeah, by by the way, it's illegal to destroy a, a nest. No I know one. it is. Okay, all right. Just I know it is. As long as but you know. there's just nothing 
I think I talked to Terry about it. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, try to change the feeding area. I can't really do that. You know, I yeah. I have a nice holly tree, and, and they like to go in there. They can hide in it, and, and he sits on top of it. Does <laughs> he always invade the holly tree for the berries? No. No? No, he just looks for the birds. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And you really, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. Um, you can try. The, uh, sometimes people will put a, a snake, a rubber snake, or a plastic owl or something like that in the backyard to keep them away. I don't know how successful that would be, but uh, you. Would you, that keep the other birds away then? Yes, too. it would. Yes, mm-hmm. it would. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I maybe somebody listening has a suggestion, Marianne, that will will help you out. But I know exactly what you're going through, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's difficult. It really it, is. It, 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 it breaks my heart. That's what happens. It really breaks my heart that these little birds, you know, the junko, the little sparrows. I mean, I don't care what I get, and and they're not here. Yeah. They just they just disappear. Well, okay. does somebody have a similar problem? And if so, help Marianne solve hers. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Backyard, News Talk 830 WEEU, and online, 830weeu.com. Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Apply. Stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Tired of the 9 to 5 grind? Looking for something different that's flexible, fulfilling, and pays well? How'd you like to get paid to work out? Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. And once you get ISSA certified, they guarantee you'll get a job. Trainers can make as much as $200 an hour. Yes, I said $200 an hour. And with ISSA, you can be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Pursue your passion in specializations like yoga, nutrition, or strength training. Live life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want. Start your own business, work at a gym, or make health and fitness your side hustle. Whatever works for you. Just don't wait. Get started today and be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 right now to get started for free. Text the word Bench to 323232. Text Bench to 323232. If you or a loved one needs estate planning or may require nursing home care, call Scott Painter, your hometown attorney. Scott is a certified elder law attorney serving all of Berks County from his office at 906 Penn Avenue in Wyomissing. He handles every aspect of elder law. Mention WEEU and he will provide you with a $50 credit. To see how you can protect and plan your estate, call Scott Painter at 610-378-5140. Ole Valley Feed in the beautiful Ole Valley is your wild bird feeding headquarters. They're hosting a wild bird feeding seminar on Saturday, January 27th at 1 p.m., where they'll answer all your wild bird and nesting questions. Topics include enticing different birds, keeping critters off your feeders, attracting purple martins, types of feed, and how the seasons affect birds, and more. Reserve your spot. Call 610-987-3568 or visit olevalleyfeed.com. For the expert or novice bird feeder, Ole Valley Feed has something for everyone. This is Tom Smith. And this is Mary Jo Smith of Thomas Smith Medicare Insurance Services. Are you trying to understand Medicare? Medigap plans, Medicare Advantage plans, prescription drug plans are all swirling in your head. Which one is right for you? 
We're here to guide you with choosing the proper coverage tailored especially for your needs. Our office represents all the top carriers and plans. To make sure you have the proper coverage, call Thomas Smith Medicare Insurance Services at 610-779-7724. And there's never a fee for our services. Philadelphia 76ers basketball is here, and we want you to advertise with WEEU. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are coming in hot in hopes of bringing another ring to the Wells Fargo Center and the city of Philadelphia. Make your business boom with a slam dunk sponsorship with us. If you're interested in joining our team as a sponsor, contact us via email at sales at 830weeu.com. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here's the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny, windy, mild. We do have a wind advisory today. Still could see some river and creek flooding. High today, 50, but those temperatures sliding into the upper 30s. Partly cloudy, windy tonight and a low 31. Partly sunny, windy. Snow showers tomorrow morning, the high 38. Cloudy skies on Monday, the high at 31. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. W-E-E-U. Yes, that's us, and it's good to have your company on this 13th day of January 2024. Back to the phones we go, up to Ephrata. Heather, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Jack. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good to hear from you. Thanks, you too. Ignore my noisy parakeets in the background. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I needed to tell you about um, a gift I got for my birthday from my husband. It's a bird feeder that has a built-in camera into it, and it pairs with an app on your phone, and the app alerts you when you have a visitor, and then you can watch it live from wherever you are. Like, I can be across the country if I want, (laughs) and I'll still be able to see the birds at my feeder. And um, it will take pictures of the different birds as well. It identifies them, tells you what what kind of bird they are. And then also on the app, there's a, there's a setting for community where you can um, see pictures and videos of people that have the same bird feeder from all over the world. So I can watch um, somebody's bird feeder in... England, for example, Um, I've seen like the, you know, the English robins Mm -hmm. and just it's just amazing birds from South America. Um, I've seen ones from like the Far East. It's just incredible. This is like the best gift I've ever gotten. And what I'll have to share some videos with you, too. Did you did you share me that with an email? Um, I can. I didn't. Oh, because I had somebody else also send me uh, a picture of the same thing. And that they're really. Maybe I did. Yeah, maybe I did, Jack. You yeah. know what? I, in my exuberance, when I first got it, I probably did and forgot about it because I was too excited. But <laughs> I have the best video of a bluebird that came two days ago that I'll have to send to you. It's just, it's just so incredibly cool. What what's the name of it? Did you have that handy, Heather? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's called Birdsey, which is bird and then F as in Frank and Y. 
is the name of the of the feeder. Bird S or Bird C? Bird C. So it's B I R D S as in Frank Y. Okay. Bird C. Bird C. I, I don't know if they pronounce it Bird Phi, but it's maybe it's Bird Phi. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it, this is a and you you set it up at a current feeder or this is where you put the bird food and everything. Everything. Okay. So it's it's built right into the feeder, and they have they make ones for hummingbird feeders as well. That's great. And yeah. So I've I've watched like even now like you can <laughs> you can go in and, and watch people's uh, hummingbird feeders from like in California and things like that. It's just. It's just amazing. Um, I, I guess I'll ask a sensitive question. Is it expensive? It was, I think, $230. Okay. I'll tell you what, it's worth every penny. From what you tell me, it's absolutely incredible what it does and the availability of, of birds around the world. Yeah, and and it's uh, the battery, you charge it, but it lasts for a long time, like, we charged it for the first time since late November um, last week, so it, it lasts a long time. And there again, and it holds how much seed? Um, well, they make different sizes. The one that um, that I have, gosh, I don't even know how I would measure it. I guess it would take like maybe half a bag, half a small bag of. Seeds. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, it yeah. holds a good amount. Um, we refill it probably every, like, well, I get a lot of neighborhood birds, um, maybe about once every two weeks or so. Okay. The, the only bummer about living in a neighborhood, Jack, especially a newer neighborhood, is, and I got nothing against house finches, but that's primarily, yeah. you know, yeah. the visitors. I have had a few song sparrows and a flute a few bluebirds, and of course, you know, I've got a gang of um, European starlings, which mm-hmm. they come and decimate everything, you know. Um, I kind of wish I had this when I lived at my old house where we lived by uh, Middle Creek. I used to get everything. Mm-hmm. I got everything from a bobwhite to a pileated oh, woodpecker. To, it was just kingfishers, you name it. But um, now we just get the neighborhood visitors. So you 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 feed a mixed seed? I feed them black oil sunflowers mixed with mealworms. Okay, wow. That's always my go-to. Yeah, that's um, that's that's gourmet. It is gourmet, and it's not the cheapest in the world. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. But it's fascinating because and because of that variety that you're feeding, that's why you have so many different birds. Yeah. Good birds well, too. Good birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just get the neighborhood ones now. Yeah. But that's what I, I fed them the same thing when I lived at my old house. And it attracted everything. Yeah. So, Well, yeah. Th- thank you for sharing that. That's, that. that's great. It's called, folks, it's called Birdsy, Bird C, B-I-R-D-S-Y. F as in Frank, Y. F as in Frank, Y. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bird, mm-hmm. bird fee, bird fi. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> Just Google it, and they probably will come up with it, all right? Oh, yeah. You can buy it off of Amazon, too. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing, and uh, I, I, admire, I admire the birds you're seeing around the world. 
Yes, it's amazing. That's great. Thank you, Heather. Yep. Take care. For uh, oh my gosh, I almost called you Frank. <laughs> just, just, just don't. <laughs> Take care, Jack. Okay, just don't call me late for dinner, okay? Okay, I won't. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Backyard, and I'm certainly glad. Okay, I think it's time to do a little traveling. Traveling to South Carolina to say good morning to our friend Max. Max, good to hear from you, young man. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. That, that, that's my go-to right now. So before I talk about birds, I wanted to pass on a greeting from Scott Widensall. He said, next time you talk to Jack, send uh, my greetings over. And I said, I can do that. So I've been talking to him via email. So he just wanted to say hello and was hoping you were doing well. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I was hoping to call last week, and then I looked down at my clock before I knew it. It was like 10.05, and I was like, well, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. So, um, but... I was able to actually, with different travels and different birding, get 151 different species last year in 2023. Wow, um, good for you. It blew my mind that it honestly was that high. Now, I had, with the uh, trip to Japan, I was able to get 50, like 56 new species there. And then I actually had a kind of a surprise uh, trip to London for like six days and got almost 20 new species there. So it was kind of a a much different year than I typically have, but even stateside, I had a ton of great, great uh, species. That I went out the 20th, uh, no, no, the 31st of December. I had to get like eight different species I hadn't seen yet to hopefully break 150. And uh, I was out of uh, marshland, and uh, a bittern showed up, which was oh. a treat down here. Not kind of an uncommon bird to see, and some other birders were watching it. And they said, "There's, there's a bittern over there." I was like. Thank you for saying that, because I'm not entirely sure I would have ever noticed him. <laughs> yeah, they're hard to spot. They really are. And they, they move significantly slower, I feel like, than a lot of other herons and, like, that type of wading bird. They The way they hold their neck, too, it's like mm-hmm. if they're next to the reeds, I can't see them unless somebody, unless you're, like, really, really looking for them. But That's that was right. that was a treat to see. And the, the red-headed woodpeckers there, too, were really nice. They, they're, they're all over the place in that one spot. So it was... I couldn't believe I got got to that number, and I'm I'm trying to see if I can't beat that this year. But it's going to be uh, the bar is kind of high, so we'll see what happens. Well, you don't know where you're traveling, really. You don't have a schedule. I, I don't believe. <laughs> yeah, not really. So you kind of see where the wind takes me, I guess. But we'll see what wherever I go, take the binoculars with me and try to keep checking different species off. But yeah, it's crazy. No, but that, Look, that's wonderful. Good for you. Looking forward to the uh, great backyard bird count. I guess that's coming up here in February shortly, so we'll see what I can find down here in South Carolina again. I'm, I might, I don't know, I'm, I have never been to the Everglades as an adult, and I'm like kind of, I'm kind of close. South Carolina's not that close, but I'm kind of itching to go bird down there mm-hmm. and try to get some, especially since it's still warm get some different species down there so we'll see what happens but that would be a lot of fun get some new new different birds just keep an eye out for all the alligators etc <laughs> so uh, any, any unusual birds this winter in south carolina oh, man let me let me think about that for a second right now i think the bittern was the the shock the surprise over at the 
the, the it's called Conesty Nature Preserve. It's a really nice wetland. It's got some old growth wood next to it, mm-hmm. a couple fields here and there. And it just, whenever you have that combination, you just have such a great setup for like so many different species. And so it's such a, it's a great place to bird because you never know. I, I felt like I had potentially seen a, I think it was a winter wren, but they move so fast through yeah. those like little yeah. marsh areas i i stood there for 10 minutes hoping he'd come back out and he must have been down there he probably flew away underneath all the brush i never saw him but they move so fast and so quickly it's just like man where, where did you go so <laughs> the, yeah the, the yellow rump warblers stay here over winter too so mm-hmm. they, they're all over the place um white-throated sparrow song sparrow um yeah it was it was that last day, the 31st, that was like the last big day I've been, I was out was, I think it was roughly like 26, 27 species in that day, which was, I know I could do better during the summer there when there's more, it's just not as many ducks as I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the, the green wing teal was the special one of the waterfowl. Okay. Um, and that was, that was nice. I've seen blue wing teal there as well, uh, but that was in the summer. So it's just, that's the exciting part about like, having a little bit of water and then like that varying habitats, you really never know what you're going to run into. Um, and actually the other day I had a turtle swimming around in one of the creeks. I was like 45 degrees out and it's in January. What are you doing <laughs> out right now? But it was warm enough. So he was, he was doing moving around. I was just like, man, you're crazy. That's if crazy. I was in the water, I would not be moving at all. A quick question, Max. Uh, do you have a lot of Robins this winter? Um, I have noticed a decent amount in the in the right habitat. Yeah, I've, they've they've been in their little their little flocks going yeah. around. So yeah, yeah, whenever over at that nature preserve, a bunch of them flew over, and then in like the more residential areas, they seem to be in in larger quantities. Yeah. Well, you certainly have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad you got 150 plus species. That's great. Good for you crazy i still can't almost believe it so we'll see if i don't think i'll be able to break it this year but you never you'll never know you, you have to i just got to get out there and uh keep my ears ears open and my eyes open and see what happens i like that and i know you will you just take good care okay you too jack good Thanks. to talk to you max yep bye-bye this is jack's backyard on news talk 830 weeu and online 830 weeu.com. Always a pleasure to chat with that young man. College basketball today, 215 Penn State and Purdue. Right here on your sports leader, that would be WEEU. And uh, this would be Cynthia in Exeter. Cynthia, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Jack? Well, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm able. How's that? Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, whenever the weather changes, you reach an age, I know I have, when you, as soon as the weather gets cold suddenly, boy, you feel joints you didn't know you had. Yes, indeed. But just, just a few quick observations. Um, I noticed now that, well, the catbirds obviously have disappeared, but now that they're gone, I'm getting a couple mockingbirds around. They, they're moving in because there aren't any catbirds to chase them away. Mm-hmm. And also, we were up at the farm show. 
Um, and the Bluebird Society is up there. So I rejoined that, got a Bluebird house, and want to put that up because the chickadees and wrens seem to enjoy our Bluebird house that we have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And they're cute. What can I say? I yeah. really like them, but I'd love to have some bluebirds, too. Yeah, I understand. That's so, great. I did. Yeah, I noticed Shavers Creek wasn't there. They haven't been since the pandemic. Um, but the Bluebird Society is there, and it was nice to talk to them and see their display. And you can they're still open today until 5 if people want to go up. Get a milkshake, baked potato, talk to blue, bluebird people. <laughs> why, and, why, why is it whenever I talk to someone from the farm show, one of the first things they mention is food? Have you ever been there? Oh, yes, a long time yeah. ago. But even then, it was, it was the thing to do. You yep. have, it tastes like nothing else anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think it's part atmosphere and... Part well with the baked potatoes. I think they're just normal, average baked potatoes. They just put a half a pound of butter on them. Of course, they taste good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But oh yeah, the food is definitely one of the one of the draws. That's for sure. Um, the other thing, it sounded like you talked about robins earlier. I yes. I missed the first half hour of the show. I had to run some errands. My robins are still hanging tough. I have, well, it's not, I wouldn't even call them a flock. There are so many of them, it's like a flash mob. Yeah, yeah. That, that's... And they're, yeah. They come and go, which which robins do. I will notice them some days I go out. One day I went out, and the noise was deafening. There were so many of them. And then there are some days there aren't as many around. Now, I'll be interested to see what happens when the weather gets really cold this week, see if they finally give up and head south. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm getting reports, as I mentioned at the start of the show today, getting reports of robins everywhere, and not just a few here, a few there, in very large numbers, as you suggest. Yes, yes. It's just the trees are around the property are black with them. Mm -hmm. There are so mm -hmm. many. And the noise was truly deafening the one day. It, it was crazy. It was like a scene from that movie, The Birds, or ah, something. Oh, yes. Ah, yes. Except they didn't attack, that's, fortunately. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But just, just a few random observations. Um, you know, it is nice to see the mockingbirds, because with the catbirds around in the summer, I don't usually see mockingbirds mm -hmm. too often. That's interesting that you have the catbirds chasing the mockingbirds. They, well, they seem to. I don't see them chasing them as such, but I notice when I have the catbirds around, and their numbers are increasing because every year the original pair um, nest and produce young, so then it seems the young come back and have nests in somewhere in the vicinity. But I don't see mockingbirds in the... Summer. Yeah. I just see them in the winter after the catbirds have disappeared. Yeah. So so it's nice to see them. They haven't been chasing the other birds, fortunately. Yeah, that's good, compared to yes. other, other listeners who are having problems with mockingbirds. I heard. Yes. yes, I heard the lady having problems. And it is a problem because you can't 
unless you totally stop feeding everybody. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. Well, it's always good to talk to you, and thanks for recapping your week, Sensi. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, you take care, Jack, and uh, I'll be talking to you the next time something interesting happens in the yard. I appreciate that. Stay well. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard, and I'm glad you're along with us uh, today on the program, regardless of where you may be. News Talk 830 WEEU or online 830weeu.com. Let's go down into Delaware County and say good morning to Audrey. Audrey, how are you this morning? Hi, good morning, Jack. How are you doing? Oh, the old man is doing well. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm not near where you're at, but I'm, I'm, I'm hit the 60s, and oh, geez. Some changes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up about the uh, woman who, uh, I don't know how close those mockingbirds are to her, but when I get squirrels and it's too cold to go out, uh, or even in the summer, if you go out, they sort of hide a little, but to deter them, I have, I got to set the Dollar Tree, I don't know if they have them this time of year, it's about two feet long. It's H2O water blaster. It's a water squirter. <laughs> yes. Doesn't hurt them. I I don't hurt the squirrels. A lot of times I feed the squirrels actually peanuts off the deck, so they're down there and the birds can be up, mm-hmm. up here on the deck on the second floor. So I found that that to be effective. Um, even if you don't actually get them, I actually usually get the squirrels are bigger. It don't it don't hurt them. But I, I have never done it to a bird. But I think if the water gets squirted out toward where a bird may, a mockingbird that's deterring the other birds, if you don't hit the the bird with the water, I mean because you won't want to hurt the bird, but just to deter it, that might do it. Or um, if you like, I had a bunch of crows come by uh, just about oh twenty minutes ago. And they were all going to land in the big trees, and they're squawking like crazy. And I was out there, and I clapped. And they kept on moving. I mean, there was about 20 to 30, and that's very unusual around here. But once they get in trees, they just sort of hang out. So usually something that might deter them, like, or she has a whistle. Um, I I mean, mean, it's just stuff to try. Absolutely. Absolutely. If she deterred them enough times, they might move on, and she can put out and fill her little bird feeders and into what she does. It reminds me of the time back when I had the, the bird show back in the uh, 70s and 80s. Um, actually, the 60s, 60s and 70s. Uh, actually, uh, I had a caller that would sit on her back porch with this water pistol, and she had a problem with feral cats. Oh. And so she squirted the cats with water, and and they stopped coming. Oh, cool! That, that didn't didn't hurt them a bit. No, but. It, it doesn't hurt them. I mean, you wouldn't want to do it when the, it's below freezing and and no. get them wet or anything like that. I mean, there no no there's no cruelty involved in this. It's just sort of to deter the one to uh, the other. I mean, sometimes we have a hawk sit out there. I had a hawk sitting out there one morning, all morning, and I figured oh, it kept the birds away. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I saw it swoop. Yep. And it went by so fast, I didn't know if it got something or not. Um, 
I will bring up something about I, I did some reading on the butterfly bushes. Mine are potted, so they they don't grow in areas that they're not supposed to grow. But somebody had said they're not pollinators. Uh, that is incorrect because I, I looked that up. Uh, I have a bees are pollinators, and I have a ton of bees, different types of bees, bumblebees, honeybees, all sorts of bees that come to my butterfly bushes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're pollinators. And it actually said hummingbirds are also pollinators. Yes, yes. I have them come. So I have four there. I have tried um, uh, milkweed. And I figured, oh, I'm, now I'm going to get the others. I did that in addition. I got a fits like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I put something different out back and I put something different out front and tried to get the whole gambit of the whole cycle of life going. So. You did good, Audrey. You did good. Well, you have a great day and a, a very happy new year to you, and hopefully we have not too much snow. Back to you, too. Thank you so much, Audrey. Great. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. Are you worried about losing your family home to expensive nursing home care? There is a legal solution to the problem. Join attorney Scott Ho for a free seminar Tuesday, January 9th at 6 p.m. at Burke's Nature Conference Center off Route 10 near Alvernia University or Tuesday, January 23rd at Weaver's Market Banquet Facility at the intersection of Routes 272 and 897 near Adamstown. Register today at 610-374-5841. That's 610-374-5841. Trying to stay warm? Let Ocean State Job Lot keep you toasty without burning through your wallet. Memory foam slippers are a nice start. How about merino wool, heated, and fleece socks for a more fit feel? Stock up for the entire family at prices that you can't believe. Thermals and fleece line leggings will keep you comfortable no matter what you're doing around the house. And if you're going outside, grab gloves and hats too. Let Ocean State Job Lot keep you cozy and warm this winter. Almost every evening on the news, we hear about a home or business that has sustained a fire, flood, or some other disaster that disrupts lives in a tragic way. What would you do if this happened to you? Hi, this is Skip Bell of Service Master Restore. We have been restoring properties and peace of mind since 1994. For emergency cleanup, restoration, and reconstruction services, call Service Master Restore at 610-374-1881. Service Master, Masters of Service, serving the master. PA 4208. Join the Reading Royals for Gritty Mascot Fun on Saturday, January 13th for Flyers Affiliation Night presented by Enersys. Enjoy a lunchbox giveaway, pregame happy hour, and Gritty Madness with Slapshot throughout the game. Secure our family four-pack ticket deal presented by Dobler Dental. Flyers Affiliation Night on Saturday, January 13th. Tickets available at RoyalSaki.com. In the Pennsylvania Army National Guard, get a head start on a career in exciting fields, including science, communications, engineering, and medicine, all while earning money for your education. This training will boost your eligibility for a high-paying and rewarding profession, and you can get it all while serving part-time in your community. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Army National Guard, visit nationalguard.com slash PA and talk to a recruiter today. Paid for by the Pennsylvania Army National Guard. Looking for fresh meats and produce? A quick meal on the go? Unique handmade gifts? Or just looking to meet a friend for breakfast? Look no further than Shillington Farmer's Market. 
with over 25 local vendors who love to serve their community. Visit ShillingtonFarmersMarket.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook for weekly specials, events, and more. Shillington Farmers Market, big enough to serve you, small enough to know you. Open Thursday through Saturday at 10 South Summit Avenue, Shillington. Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 830 AM, WEEU. That's us, and let's say good morning to Tori. Tori, how are you today? Fine. <clears throat> Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I was wondering, have you seen any box turtles? Not no, the, not, not recently, but I, I've, I've no, seen... No, you wouldn't see them right now, but when summer comes, I just haven't seen any box turtles, and I just wondered if anybody had seen any. I, when I see them... I pick them up and take them to a safe place. Good, good. But I yeah. have I haven't seen any recently. But I I've, I've when I'm out, which I don't get out much anymore. But when I'm out, uh, I do see them occasionally. Yes, but only well, I occasionally. I haven't seen any. Well, I I haven't seen any robins either. Uh, you were I think there was a, a call a while ago. You were talking about robins. I haven't seen any robins. Sometimes you see them in the wintertime, but there haven't been any around here. And I was also wondering, what do fish do? I was looking across at the creek. It's very high from the rain. What do fish do when the water is high like that? Um, I think they probably stay close to the bottom. The, bo oh. the bottom of the creek, the bottom of the lake, whatever. Yeah, okay. And, um... <laughs> this is an interesting question. Where do deer hide during hunting season? I saw a very large buck, really a big buck, a few weeks ago. And I hope, I just wondered where they hide. That's, you know, wherever they can find the, the piece. I don't know wh where that would be, whether they have a certain area that they go or whether they just, uh, by chance, when they hear, you know, the, the gunshots would make them shy and try to find, yeah. try to oh, find peace. Yeah, I find a safe place. Yes, I agree. One more question. Um, I had heard there was a deer about five miles from here that had a lot of white fur on them, you know, white fur and does this ever happen yes it's called a pied bald pied oh. bald deer yeah yeah i just wondered i'd heard about this and i heard the hunters were out looking for him i just hope he was safe all right well thank you very much and you have a very good day and thank you for your wonderful program thank you tori good to have okay. you as part of it today this is the backyard your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here's the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast, partly sunny, windy, mild. We do have a wind advisory today. Still could see some river and creek flooding. High today, 50, but those temperatures sliding into the upper 30s. Partly cloudy, windy tonight, and a low 31. Partly sunny, windy, snow showers tomorrow morning, the high 38. Cloudy skies on Monday, the high at 31. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830, WEEU. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. That's me, and it's 50 degrees, 50 outside your AccuWeather station, News Talk 830 WEEU. And uh, this would be Stephanie in Spring Township. Good morning, Steph. How are you? Hi, 
I'm good, and thank you for playing the yellow-bellied sap suckers song <laughs> for me. I did not realize they had so many different calls. I had one actually. I spotted one right out here outside my kitchen window in my tree on the day that we of the bird count. Great. So, yeah, it was really interesting, um, and I've had them for a while, but just to have it show up on that particular day was really nice. Um, really quick. Um, if people want to help robins during a, 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 a snowfall or during cold weather where they can't get much food, they are ground feeders. And if you throw out chopped suet and chopped fruit, like dried raisins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dried cranberries, and I chop them up together on my chopping board, or I guess people could put them in a blender or something, but they have to be in small, small sizes so that the robins can swallow them, and um, the the fruit has to be safe and dried without sulfur. Ah. Oh. Just look at the label on a bag of dried cranberries or raisins, for instance, and make sure that there is no sulfur in the ingredients. Interesting. Or sulfite. I don't know what it is, but I think it's sulfur. I used to have a parrot, and I had to shop for the sulfur-free dried fruits. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, but um, they, you know, and that's for all the the ground-feeding birds. The juncos will eat that stuff when you throw it out too if it's chopped up tiny mm-hmm, enough for mm-hmm. them so just wanted to help everybody help the birds does that bring mockingbirds in with all oh, that fruit well sure yeah they'll go down on the ground and feed cardinals will too yeah um the the it's a it's very sad when you have suet up in a tree but the juncos can't yeah. feed from it and the other ground-feeding birds that scratch and so forth, they can't feed from it either. So unless some other birds drop a few pieces, it's not available to them. Now, you will get starlings. You have to kind of watch out. <laughs> yes, but, indeed. Um, you know, if you, if you time it right, you can, you know, feed your good birds with it. So That, that is a, a very good suggestion. And, I mean, you can – there are some other – uh, like suets, I guess, that you can buy out there now that uh, also will attract the birds and give them that extra energy that they need with the cold weather. Yeah, what gave me the idea was at Wild Birds Unlimited, you can buy the little pea-shaped pellets of suet in a bag. Mm-hmm. And I that was very soft and tiny already, so I used to chop that up with cranberries and raisins into really tiny pieces and put them out. It doesn't have to be super tiny like powder, but just so that the the birds like the robins and the juncos can pick them up and swallow them, you know. Do um, do you put them on a feeder or do you put all of these, as mentioned, on the ground? Well, for the ground feeding birds, I put them on the ground. I always keep suet up in hangers also um, for the birds that, you know, can feed from it that way. But, uh, you know, the woodpeckers and so forth. Um, and if you really want to keep starlings and uh, other nasty birds away, you can use the suet feeders that hang upside down so yes, that only the birds yeah. like woodpeckers that can hang upside down and chickadees can feed from it from the bottom. You can do that with a, a gallon jug, too. Just cut That's out right. the bottom of it and um, put the suet holder up in there. And then only the birds that can, 
you know, cling from the bottom and feed upside down can eat it. Very good advice. Take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, and everybody else, Jack. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard, and I'm certainly glad you're along with us today. Thank you for all the phone calls. I uh, especially enjoy them as they make us go and also help us learn. That's what it's all about. Thought for the day comes from Roger Tory Peterson, who said, In a world that seems so very puzzling, it is, if it's any wonder birds have such appeal, birds are, perhaps, the most eloquent expressions of reality. Roger Tory Peterson, I like that. Hope you do, too. And I hope you enjoyed the program today as much as I enjoyed you. Well, that's our clue. We got to get out of here. Make way for news. ABC has that next in sound for you on this Saturday morning. And that's followed, of course, by Classic Rock at uh, 10.05. For producer Sean Tansky, yours truly, Jack Holcomb, thanking you for joining us in the backyard today. And take time and look at the birds in your backyard. And hopefully you might see a bluebird. And that would mean a bluebird day. News Talk 830 WEEU, Reading. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. More than 1,000 flights have been canceled today in the U.S. Ten states right now have more than 10,000 power outages, partially because of heavy snow in the Midwest, like Iowa. For me, it comes with the territory, and this is kind of what it means to live in Iowa in the middle of winter, but two snowstorms back-to-back feels like a little much. Arizona is the only state without any kind of severe weather alert. Tonight's NFL playoff game in Kansas City could be one of the coldest in history. With that extreme cold expected to reach Texas, Governor Greg Abbott was asked about the state's power grid. We feel very good uh, about uh, the status uh, of the Texas power grid and ERCOT to to be able to uh, effectively and successfully uh, ensure that the power is going to stay on. And the weather having a major impact on Monday's Iowa caucuses. ABC's Mary Alice Parks has more from Des Moines. Just days before the first Republican primary contest, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis trudging through winter weather. He's bet big on Iowa, holding more events here than any other top-tier candidate, reminding voters in this small state that